The dead speak. A secret message transmission from the first order says that this is beyond a silver screen. And I am one of your co-hosts, Oleg Kaitara. Uh, I can't keep going. What's your name? Uh, what's your name? I'm Alex. Full Last name. name. <laughs> uh, Johnson, I mean Charlie, fuck. Yeah, Palpatine. <laughs> Skywalker. Oh, there we yeah. go. I'm a, yeah, I'm Andrew Skywalker. <laughs> oh, I'm Irish. Chad Shindre. <laughs> okay. Why have we done this? Yeah. Um, for laughs. That's what Disney said after making the Rise of Skywalker. No, they, no, they I, I think they yeah. padded their pockets. No, they, no, I think I know. They <laughs> sat back on their bag. Check their bank account. There's a well, billion you know, dollars. Seems to have worked out fine. And they're like, whatever. I don't see like, a problem here. I think we should not even bother looking at the trilogy as a whole at this point. <laughs> Let's just and dive just, into just it. Go Let's into Let's just go straight into it. Let's fucking dive into it. Let's just go straight into Force Awakens. Well, I, I think we need to establish a ground rule real quick. Okay. Of, um, let us make a fucking point. <laughs> the ground rule is a, it's it's a question. Did you put your name in the couple of fire? <laughs> it's a point. <laughs> I was saying you can you can tell I watch a bunch of British shows too because I used to see where. Um, you also said it with like a British tone. Yeah, no, I know. That's so. the only way you can say that. It's British or Australian, yeah. or else yeah. you just don't. Say uh, it. Else you're like, a total ass. Yeah. Did you put your name in the couple of fire? But um, the ground the ground rule is basically a question of how we're going to be addressing these. Are we saying that they need? Uh, are, so are we going to look at them as as sequel movies, like a sequel to what came before them, and so they need to carry on what they saw in that, or are we going to say they're individual movies? I think both are fair. It's just you have to make yeah. a distinction when you are like Talking saying shit. Yeah. But I'm going to throw but it out I, there. I think if you're wearing separate points and you're saying like, well, this over here, it's uh, you have to see it as a, a single movie. But then if over here the justification is, well, it is a sequel. Let's just put a like. I'll put out that like I mostly look at movies as individual movies, just as a matter okay. of like my personal philosophy on seeing them. But like just as like a little like precursor to how I feel, like I think like for example, I think the Last Jedi is a pretty good movie and a really bad Star Wars movie, just to like give that yeah. like sense of like where I'm coming from on things. Okay. Yeah, so, and I will have to say that like when you're talking about the sequel trilogy, it is a since it is a trilogy and it is the sequel trilogy, it's important to talk about it in relation to the original trilogy. Right. Yes. Yeah, but at the same time, with the way it, it turned out, like you really can't not analyze those movies for what they are. Because right. like the the people who made those movies this might as well just strangle each other. This but, trilogy right. functions as well as like a car with two wheels. That that's called a motorcycle. Yeah, that is called a, a motorcycle. No, no, no. I'm saying wheels. he's saying he's saying there's one in on the driver's side and one in the rear passenger side. <laughs> yeah. Like that's what he's saying. Like yeah. any any shift at all just causes it to grind on the on the street. Yeah. Like I mean, yeah, that is a good metaphor. Then. It really <laughs> is. Yeah. It, this runs about as well as a rickshaw. <sighs> Rickshaws run surprisingly well, I will say. Okay, let's not argue about that. At least. <laughs> Because anything, the original trilogy is like a rickshaw. <laughs> it runs surprisingly Christ. well. <laughs> Continue. Let's, let's, this that's a horrible metaphor for every reason. 
the, the, the sequel trilogy holds together about as well as the Tesla car's new window, or the new Tesla car's window. Amazing. Everything you just said is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Every fucking word. Wait, wait, let me pull out a metaphor from the last podcast. Uh, it's like a, it, it dances with, uh, with itself. It, it, it dips its toe in the water. Yeah. I really like that metaphor. I actually like that metaphor. I like. I know, and I'm going to run water. it into the ground. Let's not run it into I, the I ground. I feel like you're going to make it worse by doing that. Oh, metaphor. that's the point. Oh, oh, okay. Who wants to give a recap on the first? I've got it written down. Okay, Alex is. Yeah, Alex should do. No, this. I have it written no, down. I think Alex should really not do any All of right. the recaps, and I'm saying that as somebody who's on the same team as Alex for The Force Awakens. Yeah, let's because dive into this no, Joker. No, no your recaps. I have it written down. Your recaps are going to be biased as. Fuck. No, no, it's literally us. Yeah, Alex, why is your Alex? Why is your uh, description of last night just fucking porgs, porgs, yeah. porgs? Yeah, no, there's no, there's no blackouts. I do have no Porsche okay, isn't even like in I'm this. specifically going to ask you no. for any movie, even this one where I'm on your side. Yeah. Be when you're yeah. presenting the plot, neutral. No, no fucking positive statements. Yeah. That's yeah. Not cool. Okay. Poe gets the uh, map and gives it to BB-8. Poe is captured. Ray randomly runs into BB-8. Uh, Finn. Heard of a comma? Finn free. I mean, these are all separate things. He's doing great. Finn frees Poe and runs. Uh, she goes back to Jakku and Poe dies. Uh, Finn runs into BB-8 and Rey. Uh, they find the Falcon. Uh, Solo finds them. Um, there's a side story thing with the monster. Raftar. Yeah. No, not the Raftar. What uh, whatever it is. Well, I don't the the tentacle thing. Uh, <laughs> they go to uh, Mas Kanata. Rey gets a lightsaber. First Order shows up. Uh, Ren takes Rey. Han and Finn go to the Rebels. Uh, Ray interrogation, Ray escapes. Finn and Han go to Death Star, or no, to the Star Destroyer, sorry. Uh, Ren and Solo scene, uh, the final fight, they blow up the planet, and R2 wakes up. And Ray goes to. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah she goes to Star. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, before we start, positions. Um, we should voice our positions on this film. Personally, I, I don't think it's like the worst thing ever. But I do think, like, the net average is, yeah, it's pretty bad. They are raftars. I'd like to throw that out there. Uh, okay, fair. That is what they are called. <laughs> yeah, okay. Very nice. So my position is, of the three, of the three sequels, it's, prob- it's probably the best. But it's also a horrible, horrible movie. And it's one of my, uh, one of my Trojan horse movies. The ones that sneaks by you, making you think it's good. And then you realize afterwards, oh, that was flaming dog shit. I, if I remember properly, I went, in 2015, we went to the movies. We went to it together. Yeah. You liked it, and I really did not. Yeah, I, it, I had, I've had this case, like, both times I've seen the movie after a long time, where, like, I really liked it, and I'm like, man, I really liked it, and then the more I think about it, or on repeat viewings, I'm like, I like this less and less, but I don't think it's a bad movie, because of, like, on the technical aspects, it is very well made, mm-hmm. but the story, and sort of the lack of character development for many of the characters, not all, for many of the characters, really holds it back from being, like, more than just an okay movie for me, so. Yeah, so I, when I first saw it, I really didn't like it, like, at all, really. Um, I've seen it, I think, three or four times now, um, and every single time I watch it, it gets better, which is really kind of crazy, because that's normally not how movies work for me. It's like every time I watch a movie, I find more to nitpick, and mm-hmm. pull it apart, even the movies I love to death. 
I don't know. The Force Awakens to me, I think it's actually really good. It's easily the. I think it's not easily, but certainly the best of the sequel trilogy movies we have. Um, I, it is a derivative kind of ripoff of Star Wars. New Hope, and that's like very much important to keep in mind. Although I will say the one thing that really separates it is that I think its character development is better, and that's probably a really hot take. And yeah. I, but I will, I, I will defend it. it. Yeah. I think, I think the character development in this movie is better than the Star Wars version of here's characters that are quirky but have no actual like development beyond like what they're doing, like just kind of like throw them out there it's like here's this character and they're going to do the same thing consistently over and over again for an entire film the force awakens is here's people with backstories here's people with having to go through journeys and it's not like someone is holding their hand the whole way through here's people actually having to do it for themselves i think it's i think it's a really good film in and general all those, all those arcs were given a very satisfying conclusion well, and it's fair to point out that I am definitely looking at Force Awakens as an individual film because mm -hmm. any, any hopes that it has going forward were pretty much dashed at some point along the lines. But as it stood on its own, I think it's perfectly fine. Okay, now that the intro statements are out of the way... I suggest that the way we handle the, these movies is that we always let like the negative side, like the, the people who dislike the movie, drive the conversation. So if they can bring up something they, they disagree with or dislike, and then like the other side can address that or bring something up. Yeah, I think like, that's great. And it's like an yeah. un unrelated note, we'll get to Last Jedi. I think we should reverse that. And I, I mean, you are the person who... No, no I he, think I'm saying... I'm saying because you would be on the side of protecting Last Jedi. Correct, and I would. I, I was making a joke. That, no, never mind. Oh, you were speaking yeah. from my point of view. Yeah. Uh, just funny, as a side funny, funny joke. <laughs> it was funny. It was, it was before I had to explain okay, it. And I laughed on the inside. Yeah. You laughed. Um, right down here. If you I, can't tell, I'm pointing very, very deep into my chest. The cackles of your heart. Yes. I would ask to go first because I specifically have okay. something to say about your, not your intro statement, but like something, something you, to you say about, about you, you as a person. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's more of a personal <laughs> insult. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, he's, he's gonna do the presidential route and attack the person <laughs> on the policy. Yeah. First, he's going to say, uh, well, watch me say the C word without a British accent. With a Russian one. Are we cutting that out or no? No. no. So, um, I think that no, are you not. are a piece of shit. Yes. That's, that's actually fair. Like, wow, they agree. <laughs> yeah. I do too. Wow. Okay. Yes, and? Okay, for, for real though, um, I am going to, like, the thing that, and you said it yourself, you think it's a hot take, and I also think it's a hot take, character arcs yeah. in The Force Awakens are, I think... One might say steaming. Yeah, I, I personally think they're practically almost non-existent, and I'm going to quickly touch on every one of them. So, Ray doesn't really have much of an arc. Mm -hmm. It's more of a character, like, like, up, line, straight line up. It, it's not really an arc. Because, like, she just starts off and she never, like, there's no real challenge in this movie that she has to overcome. And while it is true that um, that was sort of the case for um, Luke Skywalker in A New Hope. I don't think so. No. 
I, no. I, I don't think Ray doesn't have a challenge to overcome either, but we'll get to she that. She has a challenge. Yeah, she has it's a not lot a, of them, actually. Not as strong as Luke's, I would say. Like, I do think is Luke a... is considerably stronger, and I would say that, like, Ray. Uh, as a character? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was like, point. Yeah, no, Ray is practically a god, but, like. She's way too overpowered. I'm not going to shy away from that. Yeah, I will. I will have to say that, like, she also, like, in, like, most of my issues come from her powers being unexplained because the way The Force Awakens hey, is hey, built. Explain it, episode nine. God damn it. The way they build episode uh, seven is that um, her powers are really central to her character arc and they don't, they just don't really explain it. And her character is just kind of. Bland. Like, blander even than yeah. Luke Skywalker in episode 4. Who okay. was already bland. If, if yeah, Luke Skywalker is Wonder Bread. If you had to describe Rey's... If she's Bunny Bread. <laughs> if you had to describe Ray's personality, how would you describe it? I would say that she's um, sort of... I would say that she's definitely, like, resilient um, is the first word that comes to mind. I mean, honest, like, I'm not going to lie. The first word that comes to mind for me for Ray is wooden. That's mostly based. <laughs> that's mostly based on Des- Daisy Ridley's performance. Although I would say Luke Skywalker's also very well, wooden. So yeah, I'm I would agree with that. Well, at least in the only in Episode Four. Yeah. Later, Five later on, he's pretty so. great. Also, I think Ray gets there, better. There's in a, a, a very large amount of emotion that gets shown. We'll, we'll touch yeah, on that a lot yeah, later. Like at this yeah. point, I don't think we should be mixing. Yeah. I'd say resilient is one. I think she's very um, doubtful. Like she has an air of confidence, but she's always consistently like doubting not only like herself but her worth and her personal stakes um which i think makes her kind of like you can see it throughout the film like no matter like how good she does in a situation she always keeps feeling like she's not good enough and you can really i think it comes out decently well not the not the best um but i blame the writers more for that than anything um but yeah, I mean, I'd say that, and I think for her, like a big a big thing about the Force Awakens is that I think in retrospect it gets worse because these arcs were not built up to start and end in one film in the way Star Wars was because it was more of a standalone thing. These arcs were meant to be built up to be continued, and like, yeah, I mean, I think we can all agree that a lot of them were not continued well at all. Some of them did fine, but whatever. So I, I, some I will, of, some of Ben did fine. I will say like 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 as an individual film, it kind of sucks that like they don't have like definitive starts and ends. But these this movie was conceived as the beginning of two more films to build mm-hmm. on the arc. So like what you said about how like they start and then go up but don't really come back down and finish, I actually don't think that's an issue. For Ray, it might not be an issue, but this is where well, like I, I was gonna say. Sure, uh, go ahead. You yeah. so you're. Her as a character, you could only resilient and doubtful. Well, I would that, say that is in, the entirety of throw the in character. naive. I think a naive is what I came with. Came yeah. up doubtful with. is different than naive. It's, that, it's, it's just different. the unsureness. No, no that's me. not even what naive means. Well, uh, Brad, no, I know. Uh, naive is like innocent and. It's more like yeah, you take everything at face value. You're yeah. innocent. Like, I'm, I'm an English person. Yeah. I, well, apparently, yeah. Which in which in fairness is. Just just about the same exact words that I would use to describe Luke Skywalker, which yeah. comes back to the point. Which that comes back to the point that, that this the movie's very derivative. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. but um, uh, ju- just as we were saying that Luke Skywalker is a somewhat flat character in Episode Four, um, Ray is similarly a flat in character lacking depth. Yeah. In this. Yeah, I, w- I would okay. I would agree. I'm saying I'm I'm not saying the character development in this film is great. 
or good. What, or even really, I, I'm saying it. I'm saying it's a bit better than in Star Wars, where you just have quirks and like in this one, at least you can see some form of like an arc being built up for more than just one or two people. You can mm -hmm. actually see it for a lot of different like, oh, characters. Okay. Yeah, I, I was gonna say, how would you yeah. describe then Finn? Finn. Finn is easy to describe. I was gonna say yeah, Finn's sure. actually one of the easier yeah. ones. It's I describe Poe. Even though even he's in the first well, okay, yeah, we'll get back to that. Poe sucks. I would say the main awful. issue the main issue with he's Finn is that uh, like when when you talk about Finn, his character arc in the movie makes no goddamn but, but sense. I, I want just real quick. I think I'll, I think okay, I'll come back to that. Yeah, like let him let him do his thing. Describe Finn. So Finn is a is someone who has been forcibly taken and put into uh, a story as a person as like a the personality adjective traits. you mean yeah. yeah as a person he's a man I mean he's very similar to Ray which I think is why their friendship works but he's a man who like very much is like opposed to evil in the world but doesn't feel strong enough to fight it on his own and so he's a man who always like is trying to run away but then keeps realizing that like eventually he can't and he has to turn around and do it himself. I think confused could also be yeah. one because he's like yeah. he once like the force awakens and 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 don't get me wrong even mm -hmm. if, even in the retrospect of the entire sequel trilogy <laughs> the arc of Finn is completed within the first half of the Force yeah. Awakens and so then just dragged what, on. Would you say then that Finn is also a flat, uh, like? Lacking depth character. I think he's definitely more interesting than Ray, if well, only because he's he, a more he interesting whole, setup. I'd say if only because he goes back and forth so much more. It, it I think it's a, a poor execution of an interesting setup. I think that's a fair. I think that's a fair statement. Yeah. I will say that. one thing I do like about like at least these two, and especially when Han Solo enters the picture, which I kind of miss from the originals, is just how charismatic like the main cast is. I feel like Except for maybe Daisy Ridley. Maybe Daisy Ridley, but like John Boyega is just oozing charisma, Get honestly. Yeah. And look, they, you can play a drinking game where it's take a shot every time she closes her mouth throughout the movie. And you, would, you, you would stay sober. Yeah, you would stay sober. But it's <laughs> it's like, I just, I like the fact I that the main... Four. The four times she closes her mouth. The main cast actually have like, like especially when it's like, I also really like when Daisy Ridley and like John Boyega's characters, like when they interact, because it's kind of cute. I'm like, oh, this is adorable. They actually like kind of have this like budding friendship, maybe romance that never gets touched on. But that like you know goes on, and you're like, okay, it gets touched on in uh, John Boyega's like Twitter. <laughs> yeah. uh, John Boyega's Twitter is fire. Dude, for anyone John Boyega, go for it. Dude, he, he has some if balls nothing else there. good came out of the sequel trilogy, just John Boyega post Star Wars is. Oh God, it is. He's so done with this shit. <laughs> but you, was, oh, it's very nice God. to see like people this that brilliant. It's very nice to see like at least characters that you know have some sort of camaraderie compared to the like empty wasteland that was the prequels. Uh, I mean, yeah, the that, that is true. The chemistry in the Force Awakens, I think, is quite strong. Uh, we haven't touched yet on Kylo Ren, who, for my mind, is the best mm -hmm. villain in Star Wars. He, um, he, he might be Darth Vader. Well, yeah, okay. But without Although, the I will rise say of Episode Nine really drove a hole in that. Yeah. I think the I think the second half of Episode Eight kind of drives a hole in it too. But no, at least, but at least we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. In, we, at least in Force Awakens, he's yeah. he's a very strong character. He's a you know very interesting. He is yeah, he's very interesting. It's the first. It's really kind of the first time in Star Wars you ever see the villain actually struggle between the light side and the dark side, like internally, not hey, just with. Two and three. Not just with no. Again, no. I mean, with, he like, killed the women and the children too. <laughs> the, I'm like, look. Okay, here's the thing about that though is that like, 
you can say that like it's an internal struggle, but literally like everything that happens is in with Anakin is just other people telling him to do something, mm-hmm. and then he does it, and he's like, I shouldn't have done that, or he does it, and he's yeah. like, that felt good, and then someone tells him to do something bad again. The Kylo Ren is pretty much the only villain in Star Wars who actually like has an internal conflict of am I doing the right thing or am I not without just like following reactively to what yeah. other people tell them I to do. Will, I will agree with you that Kylo Ren is... I mean, I will say I think, and I don't think anybody will disagree on this, Kylo Ren is the best new character in, in the sequel trilogy. Yes, absolutely. But, like... Miles Kanata. Possibly <laughs> the only good character. I don't And know. since we're, like, we decided that we let the negative side drive this conversation, I will have to put him in the later folder for, like, another second, because I do want to come back to uh, Finn and John Boyega, mm-hmm. because specifically you said that you think uh, The Force Awakens has solid buildup in terms of character arcs, and when it, specifically when it comes to Finn, I just think it's such a hot mess that, like, if we look at his character arc from the beginning, like, so his whole turning point in the beginning that, like, starts off his character arc is that um, one of his, one of the stormtroopers he knew dies, like, one of his friends, and he, like, puts his hand on it, like, the bloody hand mark on the helmet. And then, so, like, essentially his his arc from there is killing stormtroopers. And, like, what yeah. the fuck are you doing with this I would character? I say, yeah, it, it was very much, they set it up for, okay, we're going to humanize the stormtroopers and introduce depth to that. And then they immediately said, oh, wait, we need someone to shoot. Yeah. yeah, if they if they dropped the ball, if Poe shot the stormtroopers, it would have been fine, I guess, because he's not really shooting them. No, there's literally but like Finn or, shooting them. Like, yeah, 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 yeah he's we got them. <laughs> or the fact that um, wait, wait, there's still some straggling drinking coffee. <laughs> I was fine with him killing like the big generals up in the tower. I was like, okay, fine, kill. But like, the fact that yeah, when he was blasting the stormtroopers, I'm like. Huh? Yeah, that was ass. And then I had lunch like with that, that guy. He didn't, bring, he didn't bring, dwell bring. on it. He didn't dwell on it. Like, I could see, like, in the heat of the moment, he's like, fuck, we gotta get away. But if after he's like, yeah, I would be fine Shit, with it, but they never even my... address it. They, yeah, they he has, like, that's his whole character arc setup. He has that moment in the beginning, and, and that's like it. If, if he had done that out of necessity yeah. to escape and then go, when, like, like struggled with it, that would have been great. That would have been, been, been no. good. Yeah. We, got, we got him shooting people and then, like, basically skipping down the street. Covered in blood. Yeah, that is I don't have to see the wizard. That is kind of what yeah. we got there. Hey, Ray, butterflies Ray. floating around him. <laughs> yeah, Ray, I'm from the resistance. Uh, you have a boyfriend? Um, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, and that's really all the characters. So, uh, yeah, that I, we got. either uh, yeah, either Finn is a sociopath, or or it's just terrible writing. So yeah, all of his character setup is that like even if we discard the killing stormtroopers part and how they drop the ball on the whole humanizing mm-hmm. both sides part because they make it black and white again. Okay, yeah. they drop the ball on that. That's we skip that. Th- that. That is J.J. Abrams, Abrams in all fairness and I don't like yeah, I his style of writing. But yeah. like that's all Finn has. He was right. a stormtrooper and he regrets it. That's it. I it's really, the first 15 minutes of the movie. I really like what they... I, I, know, I, I forgot if you or you agree with me, Andrew or Oleg, but I said that I know it's definitely not you, but I... <laughs> Riff. Uh, it was... Uh, I like what they did with Han Solo and Leia in this movie. Uh, yeah, I don't think it was me. It was <laughs> I, think it, I think it was probably me, then. Because um, I I like the fact that, like, especially when they reunite again, and, like, just the little conversation they have, is, is like, you changed your hair. And she's like... I know. No, I know. <laughs> I know. Imagine. No, like, imagine. That would have been great. <laughs> that little... And then the... <laughs> yes, I know. And then the hug they share where it's like, we, like, we weren't... We should have done more for our son. And, like, seeing mm-hmm. this couple that was in love now 30 years ago, like, dealing with this situation, it was kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. And I like the fact, like, how uh, Han, he's like, 
I failed my son, so I kind of just fell back into what I, and this is like, yeah, he just kind of like he fell back into like what he knows best, and I'm like, that seems kind of realistic for his character. If like this big of a situation happens, he's like, I went back to that, Leia went back to that, and we just kind of went along our way. I'm like, oh, and <laughs> finally we get a good performance from Harrison Ford because yes. in Episode Six. He did not get. He was working for a paycheck. Absolutely. I mean, he was working for a paycheck in Force Awakens too. But like, like he, like whether he get paid like twenty five million dollars or something. He definitely was better. Yeah, like they had, they had definitely gave a shit. He had, he had an interview where like that, like uh, late night show, and I think it might have been like Jimmy Fallon or like Jimmy Kimmel. They're like, did you feel anything like when you put on like like what did you get when you put on the Han Solo jacket again? He said, I got paid. (laughs) <laughs> like with the blank face, like he really didn't care, but he still gives a really good performance. And, and I guess Harrison. And the Ford, scene yeah. with him and Kylo Ren, like when he yells Ben, like every yeah, day, I still get solid. I get shivers. Scene. I'm like, oh, oh my I god. And I, love I, that I think, I think, like I will, you know, I will very much give J.J. Abrams credit for the fact that like he didn't just throw in Han and Leia as fan service. Right. They're actual characters in this movie who yeah. actually went through traumatic like moments in their life. Mm-hmm. Who like both fell back into doing what they used to know best, never and now to are, be like, again. Never to be again. Never but to then, be like characters again, having having to deal with episode like, nine. I think Han Solo was actually kind of great. Yeah, yeah. Like, I will oh, say that was the that was pretty much the only good scene in Rise of Skywalker exactly, was yeah. the okay. scene with Harrison. Yeah, yeah. Ford. I also like the like Luke Skywalker like one. Both. Yeah, the Luke Skywalker one was also pretty good. It was okay. I have some problems. I actually laughed I mean, out loud okay. and yeah. embarrassed well, well, that scene. No, no, the ending of the okay, we'll, we'll talk about the oh, ending no, of the scene. He pulls her. Personally, personally, I that was a little not a little. That was horrible. I gave a little shout of of glee when he said. I'm like, you should treat these the Jedi's uh, tools with more respect. I'm like, ah, ah. <laughs> I actually sorry, like Ryan. We, 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 yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll get back we'll get to back that. To but <laughs> if we bring this up, I do actually feel like Ryan Johnson's Luke Skywalker by the end of the movie would do the exact same thing. So I didn't have an issue with that. Yeah, because he learns to accept the fact that he is. Then he was like, I was wrong. Yeah, that whole thing. That is it. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. And yeah, yeah back to Kylo Ren because mm-hmm. I did postpone that. Um, Kylo Ren in episode 7 and 8 overall is fucking awesome for sure he, if episode 9 didn't exist I would probably second you on the part yeah, where he's I my was... favorite Star Wars villain however and there is a however to me mm-hmm. when we come to episode 7 I think the way they present the villain in episode 7 is very lackluster yeah. because uh, like he starts off as a very just badass intimidating character like his introduction and I would yeah. say the whole Intro scene on Jakku. It is where, on par with the Vader intro. Yeah, like yeah, it is. It's it is good. amazing, but and that then. is kind of the <laughs> issue because they build him up so well that once they like reveal the like they show his face, he even they make him even look like a boy, which I think is a nice touch. Mm-hmm. But like I liked it because I was expecting someone scarred up. In yeah, but that's the issue is that after that that shock reveal, and I think a lot of people took it the wrong way because like I've seen I've seen the movie in the theater like two times, if not three mm-hmm. times, and people were laughing every time, which yeah. I feel like was not the reaction. He looks like for. a a chubby kid wearing a, a Christmas. The turtleneck sweater. doesn't. Yeah, help that it, his yeah. his mother made him wear. But like yeah, regardless, nice like the moment the the moment he reveals his face and he starts showing doubt and all that, that's very interesting and they work very well with that in The Last Jedi. But the mo- Force Awakens as a movie just falls apart because it just doesn't have an antagonist. Anymore. I was going to say, I, I think... Yeah, yeah we got is, hologram Snoke. Because is, Snoke is not... An, he's, <laughs> he is an antagonist in The Last Jedi, yes. Kylo, not in the Force yeah, Awakens. Kylo Ren is the least imposing or like 
dangerous villain that we get in the entirety of Star Wars. That is very uh, false. In, in Episode 7, yes. Later on, very who, false. Who, who else is, is less imposing and threatening? Uh, Count Dooku, General Grievous. Yeah, Count, Count, Count Dooku beats them. He's not intimidating. Yeah, he really well, is. Okay, but really that's, that's fair. Or General Grievous who runs Ren away every the fucking time. And starts chasing Ray down and then like force stops Ray. Okay, I think that is actually kind of weak. That's No, that scene I, I was actually... I, mean, I, was, I was pretty worried. It's good, but like that still comes... It's it's not great, it's good, but it comes before the reveal once again. True, so but it's still... Like he's a solid character. Still intimidating. Yeah. And like, also... Until I, they reveal him, he's so cool. But also yeah. after the reveal, when he's with Han Solo on the bridge, I'm like... This is kind of scary. That is a good scene. It's the, a very good scene. But like, this is but he, the movie doesn't have because yeah. like the structure of the film up until that moment is built to have an antagonist force, mm-hmm. which disappears after that yeah. reveal. I, I will the say stakes too. just drop and they never rise again. For Ky- Kylo suffers but from Skywalker. Kylo, Kylo <laughs> suffers from something that they uh, all antagonists they they need to have some edge over the protagonist that like the protagonist has to overcome to beat them. So Kylo Ren is weaker in force powers than Rey and he is not as mentally strong as Rey. So like usually you see one of the two. So like for instance the Joker is not as physically uh, strong or capable as Batman but he's mentally stronger. Um, and Batman has to find a way to overcome that. I don't know if I can say mentally strong. Well, I would agree. Over. I think he definitely is. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I think it's more if he's like, like crazier. And I would say he's mentally stronger yeah. actually, because Batman is actually very mentally insecure. Yeah, he is. Okay, if you yeah, and that. Yeah. I, don't I, mean, know. I was that, thinking that, more like, like he will go to a further length yeah. to accomplish. I will say that like Ray fails one major test, which is that every good protagonist since has a Greek literature has a we- has a weakness, <laughs> and she really doesn't have. <laughs> they literally don't even have like something as stupid as kryptonite. She yeah. kind of does, but it's still a problem. She kind of, she kind of doesn't. I mean, she kind of does here in the sense that like she's always <laughs> trying to like avoid the fight, but like I didn't even catch that's that. That's not no. much of. A I didn't see that in the movie. Like no. I'm not gonna lie, because yeah. I always saw her as doing like even when she like stood up for the droid like from the beginning, she was doing the right thing. Yeah. And she was pretty confident about yeah, it. Yeah, it, it was always like I know what the right thing yeah, is going to do, always, and I'm going to do in it. In any situation, she was confident yeah. and she knew what to do. Like be it like uh, piloting the yeah. Millennium Falcon from, from the very beginning of this don't hold my hand. Which yeah. could work if, like, yeah. I'm so. thinking, like, a character when you said, like, someone who doesn't change or, like, knows everything is right. I thought of Captain America. Well, that's different. That's different because, because he has That other is flaws. literally his character flaw, yeah. is that yeah. he's too unyielding. Yeah. But then his, the thing is about how the world around him is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah then I, yeah, I realize that doesn't That's work. true. She's no Ned Stark. We'll throw that out. She's, there. Like, she's no Ned Stark. Stark. She's no so. Cap. It's, no. she's a flat, uninteresting character with no flaws. I stand there too. And she is the main character of the film. I think she's flat. I think she's a little interesting because I like her backstory and stuff. But Which one? What, what backstory? The with back her parents. Which version? With her parents. Well, and then the back of the... Oh, Palpatine? Oh Very interesting. God. I like the way it resolved in no. episode 8. <laughs> no. From a certain I point really, of view. I really like how it resolves in episode 8, actually. Like, the way that all that, like... Which, do you guys have anything else more to say about Force Awakens? Yes. I, okay, yeah, I'll let, I'll let him. Because I was going to talk about the characters. All right, they... I, you, you, I guess you... Yeah. I think I think should, we, should I think we we've kind of got across the characters at this point. I was going to ask main, if you main, to ask main, char- main characters yeah. not the best supporting characters like Luke or like, not Luke like Han, uh, Han and Leia yeah. I think are and have, have and, and Ren I think are done pretty or, well. Mm, I guess Han gets two good scenes and Leia gets one. 
they where she meets Han. They have a couple. But and also, I just love like Han's feeling when he's back in the ship, and he's like, Chewie, we're home. And, like, right. that I like, usually separate, like, when I talk about the sequel trilogy, I often, like, as, a, as an econ guy, I separate into micro-writing and macro-writing, where macro-writing is how you write the story, the plot mm-hmm. twists, the character arcs, and micro-writing is just how you write scenes, like the character mm-hmm. dialogue, like the interactions and shit like that. On, on the level of micro writing, The Force Awakens is actually almost great. Whereas yeah, on the is. level of yeah. macro writing, like there is no macro writing. It's not existent. I, I, yeah. I would disagree with that and say that it's actually very weak micro writing too. Like they, the they can't. Well. It's just the whole they, they have a, a really big issue too with, uh, especially whenever Poe enters the frame, is uh, breaks <laughs> yeah. for comedy. Yeah, Poe doesn't have a character arc. But no, he just, well, he just no. introduced I'm, I'm saying, Poe. Yeah. Poe is, Mac, po is a MacGuffin character. He, yeah. he exists to propel the plot forward and yeah. then fuck off. And, and also to make jokes while he's there. Yeah. It's and, and be like, no, no, it's still a fun Disney movie. I didn't hate No, no, it's not dark. Comedy. Thanks, Lauren Davis. Yeah, yeah, I would say your mama joke comes later. Was... Yeah, JJ, JJ's breaks for comedy are easier to stomach, I think, than the last Jedi one, but we'll get to those. I don't think necessarily second that, but... We'll I actually, I, I, will, I will agree with that. We'll, we'll get, get to, to those. Yeah. We'll, we'll um, why does Rey know how to fly a ship? I had the argument that That's she was a point. junker, so she could like, start doing maneuvers on the Millennium. Yeah. That, yeah, no, at first it was like, oh, she's, like, Being a mechanic into... doesn't make someone a race car driver. Yeah. At first I was like, oh, she's actually, like, crashing into shit and, like, running into the sand, but... But again, then she being a junker doesn't make someone a race car driver. The impo- literally impossible that maneuver, yeah. That was dumb. But, like, when, like, they were flying, she's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, they, like, run into all this stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, so she doesn't know what she's doing. And then she starts doing this other shit. I'm like, okay, well, What's yes. It takes it takes thirty years for the legend of the or for the Jedi to turn it into a legend. Like that that would be like no, that makes no sense. Yeah, that, that would be like if, if by now we said, well, World War One was just the legend. The the no, story actually the fucking no. Cold War. Yeah, yeah. Well, I heard wait, wait, tales wait. of Russia. The Jedi were dead though. Remember, like it was only Luke and his handful of disciples. Leia was literally the leader. She's still alive in there. Yeah, Han no, is literally a leader. He is still alive in there. The ju- the government that had replaced that they reinstalled yeah. is was there at the beginning of the movie. They That's literally true, yeah. blew up planets. <laughs> oh yeah, let's talk about the fact I felt nothing and had no idea what happened when all those yeah. planets exploded. Yeah, and that because brings up another. It was, vi- it was visually a nice scene. Visually very. However, it also it makes no sense that it was visually nice also, because you shouldn't be able to see the, the issue pieces. of the title crawl because straight up from the title crawl. Yeah. Like what? Like in terms of world building, what the fuck is this movie? Yeah, even how the fuck did <laughs> yeah, the so like, first order take? At over? least the prequels tried to fit into <laughs> the overall story, even though they completely mm-hmm. failed at doing that. Yeah, for sure. At least they tried. But like they try. the, here, it's like yeah. So we're just gonna have the empire without explaining Sorry, how it came back. My notes. We we we're gonna have the rebels, even though they technically are in power and should be stronger. They're mm-hmm. still we're gonna we're gonna call them the resistance. Like like, and we're not gonna explain anything either. Just like you like the original trilogy, so like yeah. I'll, I'll we're just we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna substitute explaining how we got here by just making everything Look a carbon copy of the first movie, yeah. and then you'll like fall into place. Yeah, I I, yeah. I don't like that. Here here's another one. Uh, why does fucking R two just wake up? Him. Because force, he just wakes point. up. <laughs> it's a minor nitpick, but it's a fair nitpick. It's, it's a fair nitpick. The Force Awakens. Yeah. <laughs> back, okay. back in the trailer shots, like they called, the, they revealed the title "The Force Awakens," and the first thing you see in the trailer is fucking scared, like surprised, confused Finn's head popping up from the sand. Just the Force Awakens. Huh? 
Please. When you said like surprised, I thought surprised Pikachu face. Yeah. I wish we saw that in. That would have been better. Here's another thing. Death Star three. Yeah, that's, that's a, part it's, of the, it's bad. It's, it's we, just, we all know that's really like an issue. Okay, so it's it's, it's bland. Yeah. The only like the best parts of the third act are hands down, um, Ren and Han, and then I think Ren and Ray's fight is very good too. You can really see that like well, that's like one of the only mark. that's one of the only scenes. Phasma sucks. That's one of the only <laughs> scenes in the movie where you can really see that Ray is kind of inexperienced, and the only reason she doesn't get slaughtered in that fight is because Ren gets too caught up in his anger, and you can actually mm-hmm. see that in the choreography. But I agree. Every like yeah. in the third act, like all the like dogfight stuff outside the Star Killer base, it's just yeah. really boring. It's kind of cool how it gets darker as it goes on, mm-hmm. but that's I it. think that's like, a cool touch. Where like I, I don't think yeah, it's, it's a, a good, technical fight. detail. No, yeah, but that's, that's it. it. It's, it's a cool it's, idea. As the fight goes on, the sun is getting more and more power sucked out, so it just gets darker. I, darker, I will darker, say darker. all three of these movies, I think from a technical standpoint, very strong. They should. Rise of Skywalker is not technically strong. We'll get to that later. But yeah, I agree that like even Rise of Skywalker, I think is technically the writing in all of them are fucking awful. I think the gold standard. It was like because. Force Awakens and Last Jedi are so technically like almost perfect. Yeah. Almost. Rise of Skywalker is like Rise of Skywalker is like slightly above average for technical yeah. like cuz there's some bad set design and yeah. effects and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and coming coming back to world building. Like I feel like this this movie just never bothers to take time with world no. building. A good example of that is something like <laughs> Hello, Ma- I'm JJ Abrams. Like yeah, I, I bring this up a lot, <laughs> but fucking like Mas Kanata. Cuz like in in the original trilogy, they didn't give you like a full backstory for everything, but like Jabba the Hutt, he runs a syndicate, he runs a cartel. Cool. I know I know who he is. Yeah. Who the fuck is Mas Kanata? Does she run a bar? Is she a collector? Is she a president? Cuz like she's she's kind of a junk collector too, but you know, she has a castle and a giant statue of herself. She's actually confirmed to be force sensitive too. Yeah, who the fuck is Are you serious? I, I, a good question. <laughs> is for another time. <laughs> well, you know, as we saw with Broom Boy, yes. Okay, I like the Broom Boy force sensitive touch actually. <laughs> I like that. It's Broom, fine. I've literally I everybody. It. It's fine. Every, Finn is force sensitive. Ray is force sensitive. I wouldn't be surprised if Poe's fucking force sensitive. No, but if everybody fucking awakened, okay? Yeah. yeah uh, the force evidently. awakened. In everyone. <laughs> the force, it's the like, force awakened. Have you guys everybody. seen? You've seen Legend of Korra season three. Right? I wish yeah. Cthulhu I would have love Legend of Korra. We should do an Avatar podcast somewhere. Well, Anyways, but that's a tease for another time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> a story for another time. Yeah, that's literally what the explanation of to Mas shit. Yeah. Also, yeah. Uh, Knights of Ren, watch the spin-off. Hey, they're in episode 9 and they were... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, people were saying they wanted them. They got him. Yeah, did, you, did you like it? <laughs> no, I think... I, I started laughing because I, I jabbed my brother and like, watch how many times are the Knights of Ren going to show up to bookend a scene? <laughs> and they do nothing. Dude, the Knights of Ren... Dude, that's, that's the Knights of Ren. The Knights of Ren. The Knights of Ren. the Knights where he's like, stop it, I hate this movie. <laughs> the Knights of Ren, I think, are a great, great example of like, both what... What what I think is one of the film's greatest weaknesses, but also kind of one of its strengths in some ways, is that they kind of just it was it was made for J.J. Abrams to have open strings that other people could fill in later. That's pretty much what he does. Is he's like, here's a bunch of open threads with um, no end point. with, with no with no end point in, in mind. But like but like Disney set this up so that J.J. Abrams would make this movie to say. 
here's a bunch of threads. Whoever comes in next, like Ryan Johnson, Colin Trevorrow, like take this and go I with it. What you want? That. I think that what after I think I that come back and fuck. I, no, I, and I, say, I will say like that. you don't think that's the what this movie does. Oh, that's this movie is about does. giving a bunch of is that not Christmas like I, I I disagree. Do you do not that. think that's what the movie well, does? Yeah, then? I mean, and the reason why I don't think that is because um, like first of all, on J.J. Abrams, the way he writes is mystery box that doesn't have a gift in it. No secret yeah. to reveal. He just comes up with a good way to set up a secret, but he doesn't know the answer. Okay, and here's what, but like, let me in, just cut in here yeah, real sure, quick sure, and like sure. say this is why, like, this is a weakness for the movie because it doesn't have a lot of closure, but I also think it's kind of one of its strengths because that's how J.J. Abrams writes. And by basically a, giving, by giving him, him by giving him a formula that's like not cohesive, but more of what he's used to, he's actually able to hone in himself as a writer. When you look at a movie like Rise of Skywalker, where he actually has to bring closure to everything, he can't do it. When he's able to open mystery boxes that he knows he doesn't have to complete, he's much more cohesive as I mean, a I will director. second you on the part that J.J. Abrams was definitely not the right type to make Episode Nine in the first no. place. I do just not like J.J. Abrams' style of writing in the first place, and the reason I think as to why it wouldn't work as a setup either is because if you look at The Force Awakens, on like the, on first glance, it seems like he's just setting up mystery boxes for other people to like reveal and then work up from there. But there really is nowhere you can like yeah. actually take the story from The Force you Awakens. You should never... It, it would be and I will like, never yeah. do that in a sense. It, it would, that's a it would be like writing a mystery novel. It, or like writing the first parts of a mystery novel and handing it to someone, but writing it so it's an impossible mystery. It's like... All right, this person was, you know, shot from an angle that's impossible for it to be suicide, but the room was locked and there's no possible way to enter the room. How? Also, this isn't it, the way that like, you make a trilogy, especially one that feels like it's yeah, each part yeah. is going to be like connected to each other. Mm -hmm. it, it clearly didn't happen. Honestly, that way, yeah, I, I will. I will go back to what I was saying, and oh, like, if we're looking at examples of why I don't think it's possible to continue the story, there are certain, like, for example, we take Ray. You totally, like, she is overpowered in this movie, for sure. You could totally try to explain mm -hmm. that, but, like, what, I are, mean, do. what yeah. are the options at hand? Pretty well, I think. Like, yeah, very well. Either, either do what they did in The Last Jedi, which was done, in my opinion, fairly well, but a lot of people will be upset about that, or you have to make her somebody, which we saw how that worked out. There was no way to make her a Palpatine, which was really the thing I still mm -hmm. feel like they were going for in the first I, place. I do like that now, canonically, then, that Palpatine has fucked. Yeah, that's... <laughs> I, I, that, that's I the only good thing that came out of sequel trilogy. I leaned over to my brother. I'm like, you know, this means Palpatine's fucked. And he, I, it, it his, he was like, oh. So, like, so like oh. from a character standpoint, there's nowhere you could take Ray that would be interesting because you have to do like her, like the lineage thing, or Finn. If you look at him, his character in the movie is Completely. introduced and wrapped up in 15 minutes and then discarded into the trash compactor. You know, honestly, if he died at the episode end of episode seven. Like in the fight against Ren, that would have been great. Sure, yeah, would have sure. Been that would have been fine. Yeah, and he would have actually like this completed is, his arc. This yeah. is kind of mm -hmm. fan theorizing, but then he becomes like a martyr for other yeah, stormtroopers. No. Like once again, Could be cool. you don't have to tell me who the fuck Snoke is in Episode Seven, and maybe leave yeah. that to Ryan Johnson. But there is no satisfying way. To reveal who the fuck Snoke really is, Snoke's I, uh, Snoke I disagree with that. No. Darth Plagueis, 
That is bullshit. Well, he doesn't even look anything like it. We know no, Darth Plagueis. No, but Darth, like. Darth Plagueis looks that way. People in the thought that universe. he was yeah. Mace Windu. Yeah, like there that were, is bullshit. There were That's theories like that. No, like, this no is matter cool. what theory, and I think, th- I mean, we're gonna get to the Last Jedi, but that's. Yeah one reason I think that that was a great choice because he made it work within the story is because there is literally no way you can make this generic Emperor 2.0 that's a little shittier, but hey man, at least it's Andy Serkis. Work. Andy Serkis gives a good voice performance. Well, it's Andy Serkis is a god. Yeah. yeah. But like, other than <laughs> you that... You can't direct a movie. You cannot no, say... Like, no, like, well, like for, you say you think there are ways where you could take Snow, but I legitimately do not see any. That would be interesting, of course. Well, I mean, just like make. I mean, <laughs> that's a way. And it, it, it worked. <laughs> but here's the thing: it's just like make it like give him like some form of backstory that he was like around like during like the prequel days and then like retreated on the so side. Just another was, like, he was like he was like an aide to Palpatine or like something like that. And again, like you may say, like oh, that's not interesting. I can name I, that fucking blow. I can name a lot of people I know who would think that'd be really cool. And four of them live in my house. It could be done interesting. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> like I just. One one of your roommates, I'm not gonna. I would say they also, some of them are defenders of. That's not true. Like, like, and I don't want to be adding any people, but like, some of them liked Rise of Skywalker upon first watch. That's fair. That that is fair. I could see someone, like, again, like with Force Awakens, the first watch, I'm like, I really like that. And then the more it's like, yeah, I I will, I will buffet my, my hatred of Force Awakens with saying that when I first watched it, I thought it was okay. I walked out of the theater going, that was actually okay. And then, like, as the weeks went by and I thought about it more, I had more time to think about it, just think, no, that was actually horrible. That was that was also horrible. Oh, God, it's all horrible. How could it all be this bad? I feel bad? like that's a little hyperbolic. No, I, because it, the movie's moving so fast, you don't realize it when it's happening. But then the moment you take it, the time to, like, look at any of the writing, it all just falls apart. I will say, I don't think it actually moves that bad. Oh. Compared to the Rise of Skywalker, it definitely doesn't. <laughs> well, no, and like Rise even, of Skywalker drives well, like a Rise, BMW yeah. stuck I don't think on gear eight. <laughs> I don't think it's, it's like it's like, and we're going. Yeah. We're on the autobahn. I'm sorry, I, we I don't only th- have sports mode. Yeah. <laughs> I d- that's hilarious. I, yeah, the I don't. Accelerator's I don't think, jammed. Fuck. <laughs> I don't think Force Awakens really that fast of a film. Like, it's certainly faster than the original trilogy, but it's also like they, made in the twenty. They run through like, those slow moments where I was like, okay. They run through a whole lot of shit. In an hour and a half. It's not an it's hour. It's two, two and a half hours. Is it two and a half? Well, it whatever. is two and a half. There is a big difference. They, 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 definitely two and a half. I, still, they run through a whole lot of shit. I actually think the movie is paced pretty well. Yeah. It, it's it, just I think it, it, it has no story to tell, but it, the basing but of it is it great. Goes, it goes fast enough that you don't have time to gestate on the on the writing. And I think that's why. I don't why think it's the issue of it being quick. Because well, Rise of Skywalker is quick, I'm, and I'm you notice it. Well, I think that's why Last Jedi. Or another movie with like really fast pace, but like actually, like Scott Pilgrim. The pace uh, of that movie is incredibly fast, it but is. And it works. Horrible. And so is Lego. Movie. No, okay. Dude, okay. Alex Scott doesn't Pilgrim. like Scott Pilgrim. I don't. He is an idiot, it's but bad. we can move on. Anyway, but they yeah. all like the Lego movie. Yes. Everybody loves it. Okay, then that's a frenetically paced film that also is. Spider-Verse is incredible. It is less than two hours long, and it has like six okay, main characters. We're yeah. just sucking sucking. Yeah, but, um, sorry, right. but... Examples of fast movies. I mean, with they, fast are, they are. They really they are. are. Um, really good. <laughs> I, I, well, I think that's why Last Jedi was immediately hated, whereas it took a little bit of time for fans to start coming out. I think it's straight up because of J.J. Abrams. Because J.J. Abrams didn't set anything. Well, no, but I'm saying, I'm saying, Last Last Jedi. I think a lot of people hated it because it and hated it so quickly. They didn't like take time to like realize that they disliked it uh, because 
very little happens in it. And so you, you have time to sit there in the theater and go, no, this is, I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this. They give you time to think about J. it. J.J. Abrams gave Ryan Johnson nothing, and Ryan Johnson still managed to make a decent movie. Okay, okay. well, okay, so let's get... I'd say a bit more. Wait, are, are we moving on? I think we should move on. Yeah, I think we should move on, but, like, yeah. I mean, I, my last point for Force Way is the, like, I think it left a lot of threads that could have been built on. I mean, Personally, not Ray, like, not Finn, not uh, Kylo Ren. Yes, I will say Kylo Ren is a great. No, even Ray. At least she had yeah, like, the hook of for her parents. What is her there, backstory? There yeah. are there there's, are things no, you could do no with good the backstory. Yes, yes. Like, she's either a Skywalker or a, what? Are you going to make her a Kenobi? No, even, no. Okay. Even ignoring it was a cool thread going into Episode Eight, which then was. But how do you solve it? Even even ignoring Episode Eight, even ignoring the like halves that you could do that like even ignoring the threads that JJ left. You could still take them in interesting directions, and like which Ryan Johnson kind of. Well, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, if if you looked at the end of uh, episode four, Luke, it seemed like his arc was complete. Han, it didn't seem like he had it an arc. It was supposed to be a standalone. Yeah, movie. Leia didn't have an arc, and still it you still managed to take them trilogy, in interesting directions. He chose episode four that. to make because it's the one that could work as standalone. But say, still, yeah. leave it open. He, for he wasn't sure other movies. But he wasn't yeah. sure he got the funding. He wasn't sure that. But, they but would still, get it, it felt like there weren't threads weird. left to to go with, and yet you can take them in interesting directions. Uh, Last Jedi, I think, did not, but we'll get to that. Well, let's get to that right let's now. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So stances, I mean, yeah, yeah. on Ray, I guess that's gonna be part of the Last Jedi. Yeah. But stances, yeah. Stances on Last Jedi. Um, you can start. All right. Um, I really like this movie. I would go as far as to say it, it is probably yeah the best movie in the Star Wars series since the originals. It's number four on my ranking, like original trilogy, and then just number four is Last Jedi. I, I really like this one. I think it. Yeah, I, I, we'll dive into why, but yeah, I like it. I, okay, I'll go next. Um, full disclaimer: um, I personally, I I'm pretty good at distinguishing how much I like a movie and how good I think it is. This is my favorite Star Wars film. I love this movie a lot. It is not perfect. It definitely has a lot of issues. Um, there are certainly many moments where its writing and its attempt to subvert expectations just doesn't stick a landing. I think a lot of the times it actually does, though. Um, as far as a technical standpoint goes, it looks great sounds great and if you I think the biggest problem with the movie is the writing but if you look at how well like Ryan Johnson for example directs his own script I think really The Last Jedi is just about the best movie you could have made with the screenplay you were given in terms of almost every other aspect of the film all the actors do a great job whoever you know whoever shot it I can't remember the name they did great the 35 oh, millimeter yeah. looks incredible the sound design's amazing. John Williams once again hoists the series on his shoulders, you mm. know. So that's where I stand on it. Uh, well, okay. As, as an author myself, uh, the thing I mainly look at that's in movies, and the thing I mainly look at in movies is writing. Yeah. Um, and from that perspective, uh, I say that this movie was utter dog shit. It's probably it's worse, I think, than Force Awakens. Better than Rise of Skywalker. Okay, so um, I think uh, The Last Jedi is, among all the Star Wars movies, it's the highest at its highs and the lowest at its lows. Mm, Rise of Skywalker came Well, I mean, the Rise of Skywalker, it's, it's, to me, it's, once again, it's never, like, it's always on the level of just, like, 
And then JJ said, get your shovels, boys. There's no, there's no We're bowl. going lower. There's no bowl to drop in The Rise of Skywalker. I agree. It has the highest peaks in the world. It, it, like, as far as like individual movies go, this one definitely yeah. has more peaks and valleys than any of the that's other Star Wars movies. I, yeah, that's where I stand on it. I like When I saw this movie for the first time, I loved the shit out of it, but that's primarily because I expected something like The Force Awakens, and what I got was actually a movie that had a soul, and I was surprised. In a vision. Yeah. Um, it definitely is the only movie that, like, even in its visuals, that doesn't just feel, like, good-looking for the sake of being good-looking. It's a movie with a style, it's a movie with a vision, and a movie with some, like, artistic thought put into it. Um, the writing is uh, pretty strong compared to other sequel mo- like other sequel trilogy movies, in my opinion. I do think the writing here is better than it is in The Force Awakens by a decent margin. Um, it's definitely not perfect. I don't think this is like the greatest movie of all time. I don't think this is the greatest Star Wars movie of all time. Overall, I think it's like pretty good. All right, well, I'll read out the plot of it. Yeah, that's fair. We should do that. Um, please, no bias. Yeah. Poe po takes out uh, Poe takes out the Star Destroyer. Uh, the Kylo Snoke discussion. Uh, they're tracked through hyperspace. Um, and then they send out the... Uh, uh, TIE Fighters, uh, there's Force Visions, um, there's Cantabite, there is Cantabite. Uh, Ray leaves to save Kylo Ren, uh, Poe rebelling, oh yeah, Poe rebels on the, on board the ship, Finn is caught aboard, uh, the Supremacy, uh, they escape, uh, or er, launch escape, I forget what that is. But the throne room scene, uh, the hyperspace uh, uh, crash, the, uh, and crate. Yeah, I mean, that's and about then right. The death of Luke Skywalker. <laughs> well, that's, that's part crate. of crate. That's all I know. Crate. Like, I just feel like that's a very. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that was a good analysis. Okay, yeah. very good. good yeah, work. so moving on to Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, that's all right. All yeah, that's good analysis. So let's start out. All right, so Jonah Falcon. <laughs> all right, so Six Underground. <laughs> Great movie or greatest movie? All right, so uh, actually, Last Jedi. <laughs> yep, Do we Last wanna? Jedi. All right, Last Alex Jedi. is going to drive the conversation astray. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to... Those uh, guns would work on yeah, the ship. Drive, drive the conversation I, into a ditch. I'm going to jump this ship at light speed directly into the ground. Which is actually a thing that they've done before. Mm, other mm-hmm, Star Wars mm-hmm. extended universe stuff. Right. No, but it's a one in a million move, wasn't it? Isn't that the... I mean, yeah. No, they don't do it a lot. <laughs> Please don't remind me that. <laughs> what if we try the whole thing? Right, I'm so afraid eventually we will have to. What if we yeah. hold the whole thing? say, give us, give us a 45 to an hour and we'll be there. This weapon, weapon is a Jedi's weapon. Oh, Treat it with right. respect. So, oh, shit. Here we go again. First issue is a <laughs> uh, carryover, or pretty much the same issue that came from the world building in uh, episode seven. Uh, and that's why is the First Order in power, right? So it makes no sense that they're in power considering that in the last movie they were a secret, like, group that was, like, loved the Empire from the original trilogy, that they were secret and came out and they were like, great, we've got the nuclear option, Starkiller base, we destroyed the old, um, or destroyed the old Republic now, and now we're in power because we've got Starkiller base, and so nobody can rise against us. 
and then Starkiller base is gone. So now what? It, it would be the equivalent to if America lost the nuclear deterrent during Cold War. There, nobody would give a shit about us anymore. I mean, in episode four, they destroy the Death Star, and the Empire's still in power. Right. I will agree that that's a little different. Yeah, that is a very different thing. But, I mean, I'm willing to just accept, okay, they're in power, and I just continue the movie. I, like, I will have to add here, it's not as much defending <laughs> The Last Jedi, <clears throat> mm -hmm. but, like, the thing is, in, in episode seven, you already have a weird premise of, like, mm -hmm this secret organization who rises up and, like, they already have a weapon of, like, star-destroying capacity that's more powerful than anything that has ever been, mm -hmm. like, done before. They're still secret. And then there's the New Republic, which I think doesn't have an army or, like, a fleet or anything reason, like yeah. that. And there's this, like, rebellion type mm -hmm. of resistance, which is supposed to fight the New Republic's wars for it. So the yeah. the set like the world building setup already doesn't make sense mm -hmm. is what I'm saying. So like yes, it still doesn't quite make sense here. Even though I could try to like justify it, it wouldn't like it wouldn't really cover up for it. Yeah, that's just kind of what we have. So yeah, there. So just walking into it, we have a weird issue. Um, I was gonna say, and they also have no no superpower anymore, and. The entirety of the they universe hates them. They have they, ships. they have ships like in the big dreadnought. Yeah, like, yeah. Essentially, essentially, they went from saying from America saying we have an H bomb, <laughs> so if you want to go to war with us, we will wipe your country off the map. To if you want to go to war with us, we have an army, so we will go to war with you. I mean, Which they, is, they have the uh, biggest army in the world. It's like well, example, do they? We don't, uh, well, presumably, versus yeah. the entirety of the universe. Well, they like, did wipe, in fairness, they did wipe out all seven planets of the Republic, which very conceivably could have had a vast majority right. of the But they have the entirety them. of the rest of the galaxy that doesn't like them. So, I mean, there's just I don't, not I don't know, I like those on one, on one hand, that is true, but on the other hand, we have seen in Star Wars time and time again the fact that just because everyone hates one specific large empire doesn't mean that every single person in the galaxy rises up to stop them. Well, I mean, time and time I again, think, time mm. and time again in the series, it has been like, we need more people. And, and then someone yeah. says, like, there's no more people. It happens a lot. In the case of the yeah. empire, like, I'm I will saying, have to say that they, they had actually... had a lot of allies. And not only that, but, like, there were many, like, in the EU, I guess, but there were planets and worlds which rose up against the Empire, and the Empire brutally, like, suppressed those uprisings, and that's mm -hmm. why nobody ever tried to do it again. They had right. the fleet of, like, the Republic, and they had the Death Star, so they actually had the power to back it up. I will say that without Starkiller Base, the First Order yeah. was still supposed to have, like, the strongest fleet in the galaxy, but, like, it's hard to talk about something that was not explained well in the movies, and there's not enough like yeah, new exactly. expanded universe material to speculate yeah. on it. I think, but I think there's yeah. like more important and like bigger problems and just like what? sorry not problems I meant to say like bigger more like more pressing issues I guess in Last Jedi you mean? Not okay not, that's not the right word I just mean like there's more important stuff happening then like the world building doesn't make a ton of sense. Oh, okay, okay. That's what I, I, meant I, to I say. wasn't sure if you meant in world like, well, we've got bigger fish to fry. We're not talking about these first order. Would, it, would any no. of us? Would any of us say that the world building in the sequel trilogy was good? Because I no, would not. No, I would no, not. Okay, okay, there, good. We're good. No. Everything's settled. Okay, good. Everything. 
Uh, yeah, I just, I just wanted to raise uh, the same issue we had in Force Awakens is here in Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. And it will be there. Yeah, it will be there. Yeah. It'll be yeah. there in full force. Oh, it will be there stronger. The force is very much with that one. Yeah. Uh, they, they cut it down and then it... <laughs> All right. more powerful than I could possibly imagine. <laughs> I've seen this wrong so, strength. So here's the next question is, is this movie trying to be morally ambiguous or black and white? Is it trying to say, here's the good guy and here's the bad guy, as every other Star Wars movie does, or are they trying to say that there's moral grayness, right? I think it's definitely trying to say that there's moral grayness. Um, how successful it is at the end of the day is kind of up to task, but I think there's, like, undeniably scenes in which they look at the fact that, like, oh, they're selling to the good guys and the bad guys. Like, there's definitely more grayness in it than in the stereotypical classic American Western style Mm -hmm. that most of the other Star Wars movies take on. Although I will say that by the time everything is all said and done, it kind of has worked its way back into the box a little bit. Mm -hmm. Well, with episode nine, yeah. Well, no, 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 I I mean specifically specifically on... um, Whatever the salt planet is, I can't remember the name. Crate. Yeah, specifically on Crate, I think like they really kind of flashbacks. They kind of they kind of the Crate stuff was good. The Crate stuff. Salt. I think I think it's not hot guys. I also think it was pretty good. Yeah, I think I think Crate's fine. I think it's visually stunning. Like I think that whole scene just looks absolutely gorgeous. Not even just in the visual effects, but in how everything is shot. So Mm -hmm. so it's nice. You have good production design in that episode. Yeah. Well, nine is just a shit show. Yeah, I will say like during during Crate, I think you really kind of do push it into the box of mm-hmm. like, hey, here's our heroes and they're over here and here's our bad guys and they're over there and mm-hmm. they are never going to be able to get along, you know. Yeah. So, it, that, I, that was that was a okay. massive issue I I had with uh, with the movie. Honestly, was that it always seemed to dangle the carrot of ambiguity, which I love. Uh, it, and it always it always seemed to kind of test the waters and say. We want to talk about there being kind of a moral gray area with like uh, the weapons runners selling to both the good guys and the bad guys idea. But then it, it always kept saying like, there's moral ambiguity, but we can't really do moral ambiguity. Yeah. So we're just going to pedal that back and say there's good guys and bad guys and just leave it at um, that. I will have to say that like, Star, not Star Wars as a genre, but like mm-hmm. Star Wars as its own thing especially if we're talking about like the Star Wars movies like the mm-hmm. Skywalker saga. It's always been it's it's always 42 been 42 years in the making. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely always been very black and white mm-hmm. and while I will, I will totally agree that this movie tries to like blur the line a, bit, a little bit and mm-hmm. add moments of like is this black is this white I think mm-hmm. that was kind of gray. It still very much is black and white, right. and like I feel like a lot of people were, in particular, misunderstanding what Ryan Johnson was going for with um, like Ray and Kylo Ren, kind of like not fitting in with their sides. Because mm-hmm. I don't think the movie ever tried to say that like <laughs> the Jedi are actually truly evil and the Sith are right, bad no. too. Like I never think they actually went for that angle. No, well, I mean, I my, think what they were trying to yeah. go for was that like both sides are flawed. Obviously the Sith, but like even the Jedi, like Luke brings up the failings of the Jedi and he's like, if we want to like, if we want to survive, we have to change and like evolve. Not, not be morally like gray, but like the Jedi have to change. It's not like the Sith and the Jedi are both bad. It's more like the Jedi are flawed, but we still need the Jedi. But they need to change and grow. Like the franchise needs to change and grow. Going forward. Which I think was a clear, sorry, I just want to finish. Which was a very like clear thing that Ryan Johnson was trying to say. He's like... We need to move past like 
move past what it's been, but also don't forget what it is. Like you just have to sort of right. evolve it. Like what's the next logical step? He definitely was saying that. That's a great point. My, which I really like. My, my issue more that I was taking though is that it's, uh, I, I'm not saying like Star Wars should as a whole be morally great because that's just not uh, what it's set up to be. Maybe in the EU, it, they like certainly did it very well. Um, but what I'm saying is that th this movie tries to be on both sides of that line. It tries very hard to stay to that uh, uh, dualism that is key to Star Wars, the good guys and the bad, uh, bad guys. Uh, but it also wa it wants to have its cake and eat it too. It wants to pretend that it also has depth to its mor morality uh, where it just doesn't. I mean, where they just keep they, well, they introduce the depth and then they immediately strip it away and bring it back to. Well, I mean, what do the they base. strip away? Yeah, what do they strip away? Uh, well, I have a couple of examples. Porgs, <clears throat> porgs. All right. Um, that would be funny. Porgs. That would be funny. So, uh, <laughs> for example, the the character of Lou, right? The a big part of him, or a big part of his change in this uh, movie, like it or not, was. Uh, his shift from being like just a total virtuous hero. Yeah, I like it. Well, I like his arc in this movie. So yeah, but it's, a great it, arc. it's his shift from being a total virtuous hero to someone who's, you know, possibly who is able to get up to the line of murdering a child in his sleep. Uh, like it or not, I I personally don't, but that's besides the point. Uh, but then at the end of it, it just they just get rid of that. And it, okay, the Jedi are needed anyway. Luke is the hero. Well, no, I, disagree, no, that's, I disagree. That's his with whole that. character arc. His whole character arc is about like not being like feeling the like kind of feeling the guilt and the flaws mm -hmm. within himself, and not being able to accept his role as like Luke Skywalker, the prodigy, and like the ending of the movie, like for him, I think is him like seeing past his flaws, learning from this experience of kind of like rising back to the status of that legend where it's like i might not be like an all-powerful all-knowing luke skywalker but it doesn't mean i can't be that for the resistance type of thing so what you're saying is that he goes from being the kind of ambiguous like not entirely paragon of light person that he is at the beginning of the movie to the paragon of light he is the legend at well, the end of the movie. no not necessarily like he grows into that role he doesn't become like a paragon of light, he realizes right. that that's what the resistance needs. Like a hero, like Luke, so at, the legendary Luke Skywalker. Right, so he right, grows but, into that. But what I'm saying is, he at the beginning they introduce this ambiguity of he is maybe flawed and broken in some way, and at the end they just say, "Well, this is what the resistance needs, so I'm just going to be the good guy now." But the thing is, no, I I feel that Luke has never been this like perfect paragon, even in Episode right. Six. No, I don't think so. But like I was. But, yeah. the, but the universe views him, views him as that. They view him as the man who, like, took down the Empire, redeemed his father, or whatever. Like, all this stuff. They're like, wow, he's a legend. He did that. And Luke kind of feels the pressure of that. And he's like, I can't live up to this legend. Which I think is kind of, like, fascinating. Because, like, he has that scene where he's like, I became a legend. And then I messed up. So, like, I failed the status that I had. But in the end, he has to realize that, like, this thing that he's been resenting, where he's like... I'm not this legend, I'm not this legend. He has to accept that, okay, I may not be perfect, but I have the power to, like, inspire and, like, do all of this. So he sort of accepts the role that, yeah, I I can be the legend even though I am not, like, 
yeah. perfect in the legend. But I mean, e even so, they they introduced his him as a character that's saying we need to get rid of the good guys, we need to get rid of the bad guys, like we need to. Do but then he learns that's not right. Okay, so with Yoda, in, in, in other words, they try to introduce moral grayness with saying we should get rid of this system because it's flawed and doesn't work, and then he learns no. It's not right to say that we need to go back to being black and white with no, the Jedi and the Sith. No, the, no, the scene with the universe needs the Jedi and the Sith. No, the scene with Yoda, he's like, the Jedi are not inherently wrong. It's just that they had a flawed yeah. ideology. Yeah, it's not, so about, it's, it's not about saying again, it's like, about this change. is not gray and this is just It's white. about change, not gray. Yeah, it's, it's about moving forward. It's, about, it's saying that like the ambiguity is there and like you can have your flaws and your teachings can be wrong. You can make mistakes. But it doesn't automatically mean that you're bad. You can just change, and you can adapt, it, and to, like you can move on. It, it, to me, it's, it's, it's a lot like that scene where they're in the ship with the hacker guy, uh, Finn and Rose, which, I mean, we all agree, Can't Fight is The best subplot in all yeah. of Star Wars. I think this is, like, my best, like, plot point. <laughs> So we, I gotta say the action, it's, much, like, it's yeah. like number one Candlebite, number two Mad Max Fury. Commentary on slavery, yeah, yeah. I absolutely it, loved it. Like, no, if I was ever given a choice, okay, I'm not making that joke. <laughs> yeah. if, if a hypothetical person was ever given a choice between saving a slave kid and a slave horse, save the, save of, the course, horse. of course it's going to be the well, fucking animal horse. Animal cruelty is yes. wrong. The kids got to help me do it, too. Animal yeah. cruelty is awful. <laughs> cruelty against children, I mean, like, not... It's yeah, also pretty bad. It's also pretty bad. Yeah. Also pretty bad. <laughs> sometimes you got to give horses. them... Sometimes you got to give them the buckle end of the belt to get them to see the right way. Uh, Pick up the broom, boy. Some of that is going to be cut. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely going to be cut. going to be slicing and dicing. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so we, we all agree Cantabite is horrible. Yeah, yeah it's awful. Uh, but it's, it's also, so, like, 12 minutes of the which I, yeah, it always feels way longer. It, it than does, it actually because is. It, yeah. especially because they pad it out while nothing else is happening in the movie, and that's supposed to be the action. Part. Yeah, I think sure. they wanted it to be the action. Like, I do yeah. like I do like yeah. where that plot line ends with them being on the uh, giant ship. Yeah. and they're like trying to break in. That stuff is cool. Yeah. I, two, I like that even stuff. though it goes nowhere. Sorry, the two things I like about the Canto Bite stuff is. A, Benicio del, uh, del Toro. Benicio del Toro, yeah. He's, he's just a good actor. I was looking at him in, in a Star Wars movie. He's great. But other than if that... only he had played a good role. I mean, it wasn't a bad role, per it se. Was it was just awful. a role. No, it was, it was fine. I didn't... Like, I it wasn't good. It was just a role. Yeah. Like, it was fairly episodic. But the I've thing... Never, I've, it's, it's rare that you see a character that's, like, so obviously quirky that's just so uninteresting. <laughs> that's it, fair. It really like is. normally you see a quirky character and they're either like really engaging or really annoying. But it, this was a quirky really character was, that's yeah. just so flat. I think he was that's over not quirky. His that's not his fault what? though. That's, it, he, he, he did yeah. he did the best he could with the material. Yeah, and the second thing I yeah. loved about this about Canto Bite, or I guess what happened after Canto Bite, watching the child slaves get left behind. No, is um, oh, I applauded. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Andrew, it's okay. You're allowed to laugh. You get a shot of the kids just being like, "No," and the Irish is like, "What?" Yeah. 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 Alone like, in the theater, just like, smoking a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like just like wiping tears away with dollar bills. Irish's like, like, favorite part is the end when the kid uses the force to pick up the broom, as he's imagining that the kid will now just reenact Fantasia. <laughs> the brooms dancing around the. Woo! But yeah, the thing that I do it's like is. Slavery. 
agree. Like the way they introduce war profiteering, even though they do it in a very basic way, I think is an interesting concept that wasn't really done before in like the Star Wars universe. Mm -hmm. like and it's world building. Yeah. So it adds the war. It adds some meat to this very very skinny. It's bone. some world the, building. The war profiteering is actually what I was going to touch on, because what the war profiteering was supposed to do is introduce the moral ambiguity. It's I think you're. To, I think you're misreading the point of the movie. It's not moral ambiguity. It's, they literally say there's no good guys or bad guys in this war. There's just war. They literally say that like verbatim. But he, this is also said by a character who betrays them later. So it's after kind of, after it's also like, helping it's, it's, it's again, like, it's like the people. No, it's like the people. Again, that, this is the no, definition of moral ambiguity. It's like actually the, pretty successful at being morally ambiguous. Yeah, and it doesn't. But like, it's, right. it's shown that like even like his like character. That's not like the way to go sort of a thing. Uh, uh, but no, so, but he's I even mean, sad about it. Like he yeah. didn't want to to betray them. It's just yeah. in the end, he's like, yes, sorry. So, kid. so. But they, I think I think the people who say like the whole like moral ambiguity thing of the story, they're misreading it. The movie is not really about that more than it is about like like I said earlier, changing and growing. Yeah, and evolving they're winning forward. out the flaws, and that it wasn't actually black and white, so that they can like look at those flaws, say that like. The, the idea of our movie is to move past these flaws, and that doesn't make our movie and our story inherently black and white. It just means that, like, we it have... It adds complexity. Well, well, it's not... not what, what, I, what I'm yeah. saying is, is, so they once again, they, they do this thing of they introduce the, this character and this whole kind of plot point of the war profiteering and Benicio Del Toro's character, and they say, okay, these are very morally ambiguous things, and like, see, there's not the same people who are helping the bad guys or helping the good guys, and it's this whole mess of war. And then they immediately go back to, and now we have to kill the Empire because the Empire is the bad guys. It, it, it's just, they keep doing this, they keep repeating the same process of saying like, oh, like maybe, maybe there's a little bit of light in the darkness and a little bit of darkness in the light. And then they say, ah, but that, then we can't just shoot Stormtroopers. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, it's the same thing as having that on mass. It's going to be there, but like, it's definitely, to a degree, it's always been there in Star Wars. I yeah. will say it's definitely worse here in the sequel trilogy, like, oh, as sure. a whole, and <laughs> The Last worse? Jedi as well. What's worse? The Well, I mean, the whole idea, like, another example of that, if we move beyond just the confines of The Last Jedi, yeah. too, would be like what I said about Finn's arc yeah, in exactly. The Force Awakens, yeah. where you humanize the stormtroopers and, go, and, then and immediately then go back shoot and them. having them as mindless drones. <laughs> that I agree like, with. The Ultron I still, I still think that, not, not the Finn's thing, but the, um, I think the ideas that this movie brings up and, like, actually, like, works with is done pretty well. Where, like, I don't think that, I don't know. Like, I, I, I mean, the war profiteering thing is an interesting thing to explore. Perhaps not in the same way that trade routes were explored in the prequel trilogy. That was drab and uninteresting, but it is an interesting concept. Dude, I became an econ major un because un of Phantom Menace. <laughs> I was so excited by the fuck. trade route stuff that I was just like, yeah, no, fuck it. But it, it's an macroeconomics. It's an in interesting, <laughs> interesting concept that was introduced in the most amateurish way of saying, look. The same people, like, bringing up projection. See, they're making the other ships, too. It wasn't they're, done like they're that. They're selling it. It, it was... There literally is. They show you one ship. Like, no, I mean, but it, was, it wasn't, it wasn't that, that overacted. He's like, well, let's see. 
Oh yeah, they have this too. <laughs> no, it's that, not, that is it was, horrible. It <laughs> wasn't. It wasn't the uh, now. Wah, 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 wah. It's not like he's talking like that. He's just like. Well, I mean, he looking... wasn't literally like it. I I wasn't saying he was in mime makeup. Saying, well, would you look at this, folks? There. Okay, I, I think we're <laughs> I'm, starting I'm, yeah. to just argue over nothing, and we are in a timer. So yeah. True. Um. But yeah. So okay. So did disagree. Disagree if you if. <laughs> I guess you. I, I can't yeah. be the legend that they do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having. You more need fun to rise to the occasion. I'm damage. definitely having more fun just sitting on the side and watching you guys go at it. <laughs> not. Oh, I, 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 oh not man, I'm biting my tongue about making a joke there. I'll, I'll let the the viewers or listeners uh, fill it in with their imagination. All right, moving on. So, I definitely uh, all right. filled it in with so. my imagination. <laughs> God damn it. Okay, so <laughs> we have editing. You you guys haven't haven't made this. Uh, argument here uh, in, on the podcast, but we've, you've made it when we've just been talking, uh, that you think that Kylo is another protagonist. No, I think that's what I said. Like, okay. I, I don't you know. definitely said that. Yeah, yeah. No, and, I, and I think that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I stand behind, like, my theory of Kylo as a protagonist, but what, no, what I'm saying here is, like, that that's what I said, and yeah. don't assume they agree with it. Okay, yeah, yeah, fair. Okay, so it's what you said, Olaf. Yes. Just to be clear. Um, and I, I need to hear more about this because I, I, I don't know if I agree. Can you could explain what I mean by that. Yeah, yeah, so go ahead. The that audience makes doesn't know. Yeah, better. like um, so the idea is that uh, if you look at Kylo Ren's arc in the Last Jedi, he still he definitely grows into being just like an antagonist for Rey's character by the end of it. But as we move through the Last Jedi, you experience parts of the story from his perspective in some parts of the story about him from others' perspective in a way that seems like it's more of another protagonist character arc that goes like almost in parallel to what's happening to Rey. Mm-hmm. Up until the end where they grow into kind of like their respective character roles in a more classic traditional way where you have a hero and a villain. That's the short version right. of this. I agree that Kylo Ren <laughs> undergoes a very like hero's journey-esque arc mm-hmm. in the film. Like, I think he most certainly does like the With idea of the like having to opposite get opposite outcome. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just the same. It's like how it's like how Avengers Infinity War was um Thanos was structured as Thanos' mm-hmm. hero's journey, even though he's not right. he's very obviously the antagonist. And I, I would say that Kylo Ren is still the antagonist in the sense mm-hmm. that he is certainly the biggest obstacle for Rey to overcome in most every scenario in that film. Even when she's with Luke, he still appears to kind of like you know, works. screw it, screw with things. Um, so he's definitely, I would say, he's definitely the antagonist, but he definitely does have that hero's journey. Like, arc. Yeah, the interesting thing is, like, up until the end, where once again he becomes like the villain. I'm not going to use the word antagonist here, but like the villain mm-hmm. for Ray and just for the good guys, so to speak. He also has an antagonistic force which he has to overcome as a result of his journey, which is Snoke. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's kind of the same for Rey, but I agree that Snoke and Rey don't have that much of a connection. She's definitely more tied with uh, Kylo Ren. Right. Well, so I have a, a couple of points on that, and that is what I'm going to say is, uh, one, if they're trying to make Kylo a protagonist, they fail miserably because essentially they've taken uh, an Adolf Hitler-esque character who has murdered and tortured several people on screen and they gave him no redeeming qualities, and then said, well, here's your protagonist, folks, let's root for him, as he's overcoming the hero's journey. Which, you know, the, the a big part of the hero's journey is that you start out from a point of nothingness, 
and you go through the steps of becoming a hero and then like you know it's a grassroots to hero journey that is the core of the hero's journey um kylo ren goes from being the second com in command of the evil people to being the first in command of the evil people mm, that that is literally is pretty much his character arc um there's more than a, that but which yeah which is a cool arc i think uh I mean, there, it's not just yeah. like him it's, going from second yeah. in command to first in command. No, there's more stuff him. than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. more yeah. obviously, but more happens. In but, but I think we all agree. Yeah. I, I think we established. Does does everyone agree that Kylo Ren is the most interesting character in well, the yeah. trilogy? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah. Until yeah. episode nine, probably not still even is. there. No, I think he's like, and I think a lot of that is just the fact that Adam Driver is a phenomenal actor. I, I would I rather watch. I think that's a big part of it. I just wish his arc had some. I'd rather watch them pull Palpatine and just resurrect him for the next trilogy than than watch another one based on Rey or any of the other characters. I would gladly take Kylo Ren over, over like anyone Palpatine. else. Yeah, I agree. I think when Palpatine's episode very eight, bland. When yeah. episode 8 ended, I was like, Kylo Ren might be my favorite character in the entire like, Star but, uh, Wars. But basically, he, he can't, he can't yeah. function as a protagonist. But like, well, he, I mean, I slightly disagree. Like, I agree well, with what you're real, saying. Real quick. Can okay. I finish? Yeah. Uh, Sorry, I it's, thought you did. It, it's... So if, if you take let's say an example of Oscar Schindler, who when he starts off the movie, we don't like him because he's running a fucking concentration camp. But then save the cat first. But in, <laughs> in, in Schindler's list, uh, he is an unlikable character at the beginning, yes. and then he goes through a redemption in which he becomes a likable character at the end, which but still tinged by you know the darkness of the beginning. Yeah. You were right? telling me, Andrew, about how like, Oscar Schindler is still like, a terrible person. Oh, it's yeah. Just, like, he is. He's still not a good. He's still you're not supposed not to like man. him, but you're supposed to appreciate that he did a good thing. That's that's exactly the um, point. That he's not. He doesn't. He doesn't really die necessarily a good man. He no. dies as a man who did a really really good thing. Yeah. Um, Much I think is far more interesting. So. Mm -hmm. I had to stop myself from making this bad joke there. Yeah. <laughs> is there more to it? Yeah. Or? So, uh, com uh, trying to compare that to someone like Kylo, where it's he's supposed to be a protagonist for this movie. And he starts out as extremely hateable of having tortured the main characters of the last movie, literally blown up planets of people. Um, and he's never given any form of redemption or thing that could help his likability. It's just something that's like, like the the no, most no, the, you can the moment where he kills Snoke, I think, could have been his redemption. It's like he just killed. Yeah, no, but but that, that comes yeah, in at yes. the very end of the movie. So for, mm, there's a good forty minutes after this. Well, uh, but but for the majority of the movie, you're watching your quote unquote protagonist functioning as like having no redemption, no redeeming qualities, being an evil monster. Okay, so here's the thing. Uh, I agree good. absolutely that Kylo Ren would not work as a protagonist if he was the only one in the okay. movie. Yes, for sure. But we already have Rey, who is definitely the character right. we are like supposed to be rooting for. And the thing they do with Kylo Ren is it's not about like, I want to see this guy win. I want to see this guy succeed mm -hmm. in something that he's doing, even if I, for example, don't agree with like him and his values and whatever. But it's more like so we see Luke Skywalker, we see Luke Skywalker's regret towards like initially pushing Kylo Ren on this path. We see Kylo Ren as a hateful person mm -hmm. who is completely horrible and does horrible things. I don't think we're supposed to agree with Kylo Ren. I think it's more of like a protagonist's arc where we look at him and we can understand where those awful things 
confident in this awful person it's coming from. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, it's just interesting to explore, and we feel bad for him. And like going forward, it's like he has that moment where he kills Snoke, and uh, they fight like the red whatever like Imperial Guards. Guards. Yeah. What was the worst Ray. choreographed Star Wars fights it's, ever? It's uh, okay, no. Questionably choreographed, yeah. I think the stage no. and the choreography is weird, but it looks amazing. It okay. looks amazing, but like... What's wrong the, with the choreography, though? The fighting is like... Oh, it, there are yeah. some moments when they're just like I clearly saw, going for the attack and then like it, yeah, off the back video, and start twirling. I saw a video twirling, where they like, yeah. was the direction of the choreography isn't mm -hmm. that great because you see the people like waiting. Yeah, and yeah. It's like, okay, now five we're, seconds, and yeah. now I attack. No, there, there are like are a few moments where they like where, go where, for the attack and then like twirl oh, around. My, like my favorite ones are when... I mean, not just the one. We all have heard the one where they airbrushed out the dagger to save Ray. Because there's no possible way for it to defend it, so they just airbrush it out of the scene, and have him doing a motion with an empty hand. But it, that's one thing. But more egregious is how, at basically throughout the entire fight, they keep holding their lightsabers up in blocking positions for like a good few seconds while they're waiting for the guards to come in and hit them. Th that is definitely a thing. But yeah, <laughs> so it, it is. Yeah. It is weirdly staged, but it looks it does amazing. look very cool. Oh yeah, yeah, it looks incredible. Like, like everything in. That's okay, not maybe not righteous guy. Okay, dude, yeah. that's not the point you should be. I, I will, no. I will say though, um, like, I think a big thing, and this is just like a general thing about fight choreography, is like, how much of that did you notice in real time, and how much of that did you notice when you watched a video on it? Good point. Yeah, like, I because the, because the thing is about fight choreography is all fight choreography in like pretty much every movie mm -hmm. ever has problems, and that's why editing yep. is so much faster in action scenes. Right. If you can't tell when it's moving in regular speed, 24 frames a second, when you're watching it live, then I don't really think it's fair well, to... I, it's still a fair it's, thing to yeah. point it out, it's, it's because like, it's, it's something you could have not... It's also a matter of... Like, it, I agree. There's not, you can't call it a bad it, it's, scene. It's more... It's a, well, I think it, it is... Good. I think it it's a, it is a bad action scene, because you don't have really emotional investment in it. Okay, because you that's, know, okay, that that's is, an entirely that's different point, which we will get into. We're now... Because like I was on a point that we're derailing to talk about the fight choreography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so what I was saying is um, at the end, Kylo Ren has that redemption. It's not even a redemption moment. It's a questionable moment, which could be a redemption moment, right. where he kills Snoke and then fights the guards with Rey. Mm -hmm. And for us, it could be like, so this is probably what his character arc was building up to. Like, right. all of those awful things he's done, he's going to redeem himself. And it's even more interesting because the answer to that is like, no, he's just, now he's, he made it all the way to another step of being evil. Right. Well, so, but what I'm saying is that if if what they're trying to achieve is him being a protagonist, then like you said, I don't Earl, think they were. They were okay. just giving him an arc that is similar. Well, no, I think oh. they were. It's just like I, I just explained it to yeah. you that I'll, I'll address a, both sides. Don't worry. <laughs> in in a film where he is not the only protagonist and we're supposed to be rooting yeah. for a different character, yeah. you're not always supposed to like the protagonist mm -hmm. nor necessarily agree with the protagonist right. nor even necessarily want the protagonist to succeed. Right. Like, Here, here's it, here's it, my it, my okay. thing for that is that just because an antagonist has a arc similar yeah. to that of a protagonist does not make them a protagonist. Yes, I mean, exactly. I'll take that. I'm not even Joker is not the protagonist, or a secondary protagonist of Dark Knight, even though he has a similar kind of arc. I think it's a yeah. little different. But yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, the idea of, like, the 
I mean, the idea is the best antagonists are the heroes of their own story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, in, in many ways, like an antagonist that follows a mm -hmm. very similar hero's journey as the protagonist doesn't make them the protagonist. They're still the antagonist, but that does allow them to be the yeah. protagonist of their own I wanna, story. I want to point out that, like, I wasn't saying it because I, from, like, a, a film study point of view, think that, like, yeah. he's not an antagonist, he's a protagonist. I don't, I'm not trying to sound smart by using those right. words. What I'm saying no. is simply... He's a contact. It's... <laughs> what, what I'm saying is, uh, it, it was no, funny. It I was like funny. I like I like yeah. your point. Like it's, it's more like like yeah, feels like a hero in this yeah. story, just like of of the wrong right. side, so to speak. Yeah, he does. I mean, him and the protagonist literally like destroy the major antagonist of the series yeah. in the same scene. Yeah. You know, like well, so so I'll, I'll I'll put it this way. I think if they were going for somewhat of a protagonist. They failed miserably in making him in any way likable or rude. Like, yeah, you can't root for him. Beyond this at this yeah. point. And so, but if they weren't trying to make him a protagonist and were trying to make him an antagonist, they failed in that regard too, because 90% of the movie, up until when he kills Snoke, is serving to undermine his authority and power. Unlike The Force Awakens, I think it actually kind of works out in this movie. It works in this one because he grows into the role and takes over as Like, I don't think it's it's the situation where, like, I, I myself said The Force Awakens is lacking in terms of, like, its villain because it doesn't mm -hmm. have a strong villain. Here, like, you, it's more like you see his uh, craziness, his madness, and straight-up, like, lunacy and entitlement grow as the movie, like, gets him to that point. And when he gets into it, it's not about his physical threat in, like, a lightsaber duel to mm -hmm. Rey. It's not about him being able to outsmart Rey. It's about, like, how upset he is, how pissed off he is at a lot of people, and just how all of that madness is going to combine with the newfound, like, uncontested power that he has. Well, that, that that's good and all. However, it's also throughout the movie he's being compared to, like, at one point... Uh, he is this note literally calls him a petulant child yeah it yeah it, it's Which a bit is. like yeah it's a exactly <laughs> it's it's a bit like saying well a chimpanzee with a machine gun he's very unpredictable and you never know when he's going to shoot or if he's going to well, shoot. No, he's, like and to, so a he's a very a dangerous with character uh, with a, a machine gun is not going to have a character arc. and the whole reason why kylo ren is interesting is because the character stuff and now i give it off to andrew i apologize no you dude you're totally fine um <laughs> The point of a villain is to be the major obstacle to the mm -hmm. hero. That's the reason a villain exists. That does not mean that a villain has to be entirely evil. That doesn't mean a villain no. can't doubt themselves. That doesn't mean... Like, the, vil the villain could very much be someone... Like, you watch, like, a comedy sketch short, for example. The antagonist in a comedy sketch short is, like, someone who's in the convenience store and, like, keeps standing in front of the guy who, like, needs to grab something before he leaves. Like, they're not, like, purposefully doing wrong. They're just getting in the way. So I don't think, like, and I will, like, defend Force Awakens in this, too, is that I don't think necessarily the fact that Kylo Ren isn't a big bad and that he, like, doesn't quite accept his role as, like, the evil head. I still think he's a very functional villain because he still very much is a very big problem for our protagonist. Yeah. And also, to add on to that, I do want to say that if, if, what, if when you say villain or antagonist, you specifically mean... He's not a force against which the good guys should be fighting yet. That's a fair point. That's why we have Snoke up until that moment. Because in this movie, it's really Snoke who's the power that everybody's trying to take down. 
Kylo Ren, that's kind of also why I consider him a, a, a protagonist, is not the guy blocking like our protagonist from reaching the cashier in the convenience store. He is the guy who's also trying to reach a cashier, uh, like the cashier in the convenience store, but in his own way. That's also part of why well, I think he's not necessarily see, an antagonist. S Snoke... He kind of grows into it by the end. I, if you're treating... You guys are going to kill me if I say this, okay. but he... The pores are the antagonist. Yes. No, the... Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get out my key so I can remove your eye. All right, <laughs> All right yeah, so, get ready. It's going to sound very pretentious, too, but Kylo Ren goes from being the contagonist to the antagonist. All right, let's kill him. <laughs> no, actually, like, what is that supposed because to be? Because <laughs> I, I realized, because you were saying, like, he's the antagonist, and Andrew's like, no, sorry, you were saying he's the protagonist, Andrew's like, he's kind of the antagonist. Like, the con the antagonist is the one that's, like, part of the villains, not necessarily the main guy, but the figure, like, the it, face. Yeah, the face, where, like, how I said the Empire's antagonist, and then Darth Vader's the contagonist, yeah. but then he goes to become the antagonist because he becomes, like, the main, like, thing that you're fighting against by the end of the series. I agree with that. I agree with that at this point. Yeah. I don't Kylo Ren, think he was the face of it, but I don't because think it's like a I'm Kylo Ren because Snoke is the contagionist. No, Snoke is the end. He is the thing he that doesn't do anything. I actually feel he like it's not an important point to us. I just know the way the way that I want to Snoke doesn't do anything, so he can't be an antagonist. He's no, the antagonist the, the antagonist is the thing that you're trying to take down. So the first order and Snoke are the antagonist, but the contagionist is the one who's like actively out there fighting and like being against the hero. Once again, Snoke doesn't do that. That's why Snoke is the antagonist, because he's in the force that they're fighting. I agree. He, he, I mean, he doesn't, he, I think, I he think doesn't do anything to pose a threat or problem to them. Okay, yeah, but that's, he, that's he's, not true. He's, he's the head of the entire organization that's, like, causing all yeah, this that, that is, Kylo Ren reports it directly. Yeah, in, in the last he is episode, the one who continuously beats down, in, like, humiliates in Kylo the last, Ren. Yeah, in the last podcast. That's why podcast, Kylo Ren has to take him In the down. La last podcast, you gave an example of a contagonist as Adolf Hitler. They're not directly fighting Adolf Hitler, so he's not the antagonist. He's the contagonist because he's the face of Nazis. You gave that exact That's example. That's not entirely correct if I said that. Okay. I mean, I mean it was that. Andrew who said that. That's was it you that said it? Was it me that said that? that Someone said it was wasn't me. That was my mistake. Then. Okay. Okay. It's more of like, yeah, the one who's like, say, I mean, I don't even know if it's a mistake. Cause well, like, I just, I just yeah. realized because like you both were talking about like, either like, I don't really, think this is like that important. I just thought it was interesting because... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not that important. I just thought it was interesting because, like, cool. you were saying, like, no, he is the antagonist who has a similar arc, and you're like, he's the protagonist of the. I was like, oh yeah, there is a role for that. I just realized. Well, okay. I still don't think he fits that quite well, but yeah, yeah, I, just, I, I don't. I just want to bring something. I feel like we're. Move, I yeah. feel like we should yeah. move on. Well, yeah, I, I just want to point out. I feel like that is a massive issue if you can't pin down who's the antagonist of the movie. No, it's if you Snoke. can't figure it's out. Definitely Snoke. Is it's, it? Yeah. It's Snoke. What does Kylo he do? Okay, so for Kylo Ren's arc, he's the one who continuously humiliates him, beats him down. I mean, all okay, that. Okay, so he's the antagonist to the antagonist. Literally orchestrates. Well, so that's why I'm saying that Kylo Ren, Snoke. up until the end, is kind of not an antagonist. I won't say Snoke is. Like, Snork or. Sorry, Snork. 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 Yeah, Snork is definitely more of a character here. Like, I won't say he's a good character. No. I won't. Well, I, I won't. mean, he's present in the movie. So I, I won't, I won't extend to that, but he. But he like from scene one, he is on screen, and you yeah. see him, and you actively see him doing things. That's why so I think that's a fair. I think that's a fair point. Like an and he is the movie, reason, but not the Force Awakens. And he's yeah, the reason that Ray, that he's the reason they have Ray in their custody. He said, like, I linked your minds together, knowing that you two would like. 
that like you know yeah. that he would bring you to me even for ray like i have to say because like ray's whole shtick in this film is trying to bring kylo ren to the light side mm -hmm. and to her we later find out that that's not true but to her it's literally snoke who's like who took kylo ren changed <laughs> his allegiance towards the darkness and is kind of like holding him there and also after he dies that's when she realizes oh that's we, actually we not learn true. We learn, or we figure out uh, pretty quickly that what drove well, no, him it's to not the only dark side Skywalker, was Luke. Because even Luke Skywalker was like, yeah, I felt Snoke's presence, Snoke's voice within Kylo. I was afraid, and that's why I like mm -hmm. pushed him into it. But Snoke has always been there. And even in and the end, when Luke... Rey, like, it's Snoke's influence which stands in the way of her, like, redemption boner for Kylo. I even like at the end when like Luke is talking to Leia and he's like, I'm sorry. And she's like, my son is gone. It's, it's not your fault. Like you, you caused it to happen, but it's not all your fault entirely. Like, and even Ray is like, you know, it's not your fault that Kylo was lost to the dark side. It's not your fault. And like, yeah. <laughs> what is it? All right. Like they uh, say it in the movies. Yeah. Like, like, I'm going to keep bringing it up too. every time you say that like, so I have proven that this doesn't work at all. Like, no, I'm, I'm not saying say that. that I, all, I'm I'm saying, all I'm saying is that I, I've made a point. I've made my point. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think, think either of us have convinced each yeah. other. And I think we uh, all have a counterpoint to that. Yeah. Uh, so how, many, how many more issues do we have, Monster? Because we just need to get moving. Yeah, yeah I've, I've just got... Let's, let's pick, like, okay. we'll two. I'll, I'll do two. Porgs? Um, <laughs> fucking whole, and the goddamn cannons. I have the, whole, the whole plot is... Proven to be essentially trivial in the end. Incorrect. Uh, the only, Very the incorrect. only, there's two effective changes that happens it, throughout this movie. Snoke dies and Luke dies. Those are the only two changes in the universe. Those are pretty big changes, actually. Okay, I think this so. Is Snoke, is, it's Snoke, the is, main force of the First Order dies. Snoke is in a it, and Luke dies. Okay, so Snoke is completely unseen in the first movie and completely unseen in the second movie. If he never existed, he's not at completely all. unseen. Uh, not complete. Well, I mean, third, I meant, but yeah, because he's dead. Yeah, yeah, obviously. I just don't. So, no, we see him Literally, if, if if he never existed at all, it would change nothing in the first or third movies in the overall arc. Mm, in, no. in in fairness, Disney had no idea what the fuck they yeah, were doing yeah, with no. these movies. So It is still I, an <laughs> issue with the movie, though, even if it's someone else's fault. I don't think it retroactively hurts episodes, actually. You, you don't think that, it, even if it's Disney interfering with... Like it, looking at Spider-Man Three. No, I, I'm, say, I'm saying you like say I'm saying I'm fault, saying that but it like, still makes it bad. That like episode. I'm saying that like I don't think it's entirely fair for to like blame episode eight for episode nine made by someone completely no, different no. not fulfilling his promise. No, no, no. That that's not what I'm saying either. But what I'm saying is, at eight, you essentially introduce and then immediately get rid of the character of Snoke. Okay, um, that is that is true, and I think that yeah. I think that's a fair. That's point. Yeah, I, know that's I, think, one, I know that's one. And of then the in episode eight, too. you introduce Luke again and immediately get rid of Luke. And but, those are the only two changes in the universe. Okay, so I, I would like I would, to I would, I have a counterpoint. I, will, I, will wait, I would I say um, if, like, say what you will about like Broom Boy and all that, <laughs> but the fact is like. If if the movie had ended with that on the just on the Millennium Falcon, I would agree because that would have just been them 
struggling to get away from the first order right. to the second act being them struggling to get away from the first order yeah. to the climax being them getting away from the first order and now still struggling to get away from the first yes. order. Yes. And I would agree with that. The ba the main thing is that one little scene at the end um, shows that everything that they've been through in the entire movie is now what's going to inspire the rest of the galaxy to join. Not blowing up fucking Starkiller base. That wasn't enough. Apparently, that it, it's appar them. It's them getting their ass fucked on on crate. That's what takes it to. Okay. <laughs> no, the it's rest the, of the legend galaxy of Luke. Yeah. I will say. Uh, I will say. Apparently, after so, they didn't deliver on that. But once again, if you want to go for the thing where we judge a movie individually, then you can't really. And say, also, well, if, you, if, you, if you read on, parts, so this is bad. Well, if you read no, parts no. of the leaked script, they actually continue that storyline. Once again, the script in the movie are two yeah. different things, but Colin Trevor's script so is so better. fucking good. It's, it's pretty good. It's actually good compared, yeah. Yeah, compared. I would take a video of like Luke Skywalker shitting for an hour and a half over Rise of Skywalker. That's fair. Wait, did they did they release like the actual like draft or is it just like the bullet points? It's bullet points, but we also had like little like photo chunks of like parts of the I mean once again, it's definitely a point. The end Hux's storyline ending is not a ready movie, it's not even a ready script, we just know what it was going to be, yeah. but what it was going to be looks it was fucking be. good. Yeah, I agree yeah. that I think um, two things, one, um, Disney, uh, two, Colin Trevorrow, so I'm not sure if the yeah. film would have actually turned out Colin as Trevorrow's good as Colin not necessarily a I, I don't know what other I don't, I don't think, I don't Jurassic World, baby. Oh, fuck. <laughs> that hit? Oh. I will say, yeah, and like, it, <laughs> I will say that Jurassic he does have a decently short filmography, but Jurassic World is the second highest reviewed film in that filmography. I don't think it's that bad. Um, I, don't think, Jurassic I, don't, I don't think it's that bad either. It's just I think it, it's just yeah, it's just it's just pure like. And fun, Safety Not Guaranteed, if you've seen it, is it's no really good. Kingdom, like. It's really good. Safety but, Not Guaranteed. I mean, but yeah, so like I I agree, but also like like you made that point that there's a big difference between a script and a movie, and I there I agree. Is. Although I will say like I Colin Trevorrow's script was like. It, it, I originally thought that like it seven. Better. I originally thought that seven and eight could like never be salvaged in a third mm -hmm. film that could wrap it up. And I will say that the bullet points of Trevorrow's script actually just about proved me wrong because I think it did a great job um, actually like not ignoring the tonal differences in the two films and actually tying everything together. And then Disney turns to JJ and says, "Do it, do it." Do it, yeah, do it. I, I don't. Why would it? Because like Colin Trevorrow didn't yeah, have an opportunity to ruin his reputation yeah, with Star Wars. I think the reason no, why that, didn't he? No, he, Colin Trevorrow. He made a book. Did he not ignore he made, yeah. the Last Jedi? The reason enough? is like, he, he made, made the book of, of Henry, which was a bomb both at the box office and with critics. And Disney basically looked at it and said, "Wait a second, this guy's not that good." And then like fired him. Which I don't think is. And fair. gave it to J. J. Abrams. I will say J. J. Abrams is a J. J. Direct. It's a farce. Would that have worked? It's that a far safer bet. That could have worked, yeah. What could have worked? Okay, J.J. Abrams is never going to be a safe bet yeah. for... Oh, no, keep the script. Oh, never mind. Script. If J. Exactly, if J. Yeah. I still think if J.J. Abrams had directed the script, he might not have been able to hold back. Um, yeah, no, I was going to ask you by saying no. that like J.J. Abrams can't write a conclusion, but if it's like his... Yeah. Or his script, then like... J.J. So, can direct no, a good-looking thing. I think, yeah, J.J. makes good-looking things. He just writes... He can't terrible. write. He can't write. Also, at all. he teamed up with the man who wrote Justice, Justice League and oh. Batman v Superman. Wait, Zack Snyder? 
No, no, Chris Terry is there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Who yeah, wrote who, one good script? Yeah, he wrote Argo. fucking Argo, and that script's fantastic. Oh, Argo. Oh, yeah, that was cool. He did Argo, and then Batman, Batman v Superman. Superman. That was less fantastic. And then Justice League. Guys, look at that. Even less fantastic. Chris Terry is like a classic example. Like, I think we're, we're seeing a lot these days of filmmakers who, like... Are shit? No. Oh, actually, yes. no. Actually, yeah. But also, I mean, in fairness, like the vast majority, like we. I would say a lot of twenty nineteen was actually fucking wonderful. Actually, yeah, twenty nineteen was a very good year for me. Aside from for cinema for in a long time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But, I will say that. Yeah, I mean, and also like the entire history of cinema has had more bad movies than good movies being released to the public. Well, we yeah. just don't know because a lot of, of them have been lost and destroyed because they're on celluloid film good. and no one wanted <laughs> to remember them. But. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing a big influx of, like, people who are really good when they make small movies, and then they get a bigger budget, and they don't know what to do. Yeah. Uh, Chris Terrio is a great example as a screenwriter. Um, Joe Wright, he made Pan, as well as uh, Darkest Hour and Pride of Prejudice. Good no, example. Darkest Hour is good. Yeah, yeah, I think both those movies Pan are good. I think not. Pan is <laughs> one of the worst films <laughs> ever made. Um, that's the one with uh, Robin Williams, too. No, 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 that's no. that's Hulk that's is good. Which Hulk is, is good. which is significantly better than Pan. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's like anything to call home about, but it's significantly better than it's Pan. It's a fun time. It's um, not Pan. Yeah, I mean you have Tom Hooper who made King's Speech and Les Mis, which I think is fine, Wait. but then he made Cats and that's awful. T- Tom Hooper's that the same Tom Hooper that did Texas Chainsaw? I do. No, that's so. Tobe Hooper. Toby Hooper. Oh, okay. And that's a yeah, okay. big <laughs> That's big a big difference. difference. <laughs> yeah, not the Hoop Tober. Yeah, right. But we Tom definitely Hooper. yeah. I'm gonna softly butt in like we yeah. were on a on, okay, on a enough. timer, so like yeah, if we're yeah. gonna go off but, topic, it's okay. fine, but, but like yeah. we should yeah, I agree. So, yeah, and so you disagree, you think that Broom Boy in the end is enough to make it worthwhile. Um I would yeah, that, that, if, that if changes it from being the exact same scenario in the beginning as in the end. Um, I think I think it I think it changes the scenario enough in the sense that like and I admit that it, like it should be more like I'm fully with you on that I think yeah. you made a really good point um, but I, I, I do think that like the resistance has gotten their ass completely whooped this mm-hmm. is the down point end of second act it's supposed to be pretty grim for them and then it also gives us a little spite of that start of the third act which is because these people, like, Starkiller Base was, like, so easy. Like, and they just went in and did it in the same way they did the Death Star, and everyone said, oh, cool, they did the Death Star again. What do you fucking do? But here is, like, people who are, like, very much on the verge of death, who are, like, able to miraculously escape because, like, two people were able to go above and beyond mm-hmm. what they normally would have done because they saw this cause as important and that inspired people. And I think that's fair to point out. I also like the way that it sets up Everyone for a concluding like film, where I, Luke. Thank Lu- you, Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> An excellent execution uh, on what he was handling. But the um, <laughs> like even like Kylo Ren, he's like, uh, the war is over, the resistance is dead, and when I kill you, I'll kill the last Jedi. And then Luke is Every like, what he says is wrong. wrong. I love the yeah. editing of this scene where he's like, oh, the, the, so the rebellion is reborn. And I'm like, yeah, they have like because now like. Poe is kind of more in charge because Leia's handing off the baton to him. The war is just beginning, and I will not be the last Jedi. And then you see Rey, yeah. the new, like, completely separate from the Skywalkers, the 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 whole bloodline. Again, thank you, Rise of Skywalker, but separate from the bloodlines from all this, like, who comes mm-hmm. out and is the fresh start. And she will lead the Jedi into this new era, in this new evolution of what the Jedi are. Mm-hmm. I think that's 
that's kind of beautiful. Yeah, I agree, and I that's think that's amazing. This for this for me goes back to my uh, one of my big things about the Last Jedi, which is that um, it's way too long. It doesn't do nearly enough in the time that it has, yeah. and it doesn't really change much of anything at the end of the day. Like, I mean, I just made the point, but like, it, I still don't think that's like a whole lot. But what it does do, I think it does with like expert technicalities. And I think it's it's really it looks great. It's well acted. Yeah, I, I do have to say, you're like I also think uh, it's more of a my point really, but I do think that it's an issue of phrasing because if you just say that this movie amounts to Snoke and Luke Skywalker dying, it sounds like nothing really happens much, but. They also went to Cantabite, I'll give you that much. No, let's not speak about that. Talk about inconsequential. Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> Dude, I still remember. I wish I could forget. Honestly, with that, with that same thing, you could say, like, nothing happened in, and this is a weird example, but nothing happened in the lighthouse. Okay, two guys no, are nothing, on Okay, but actually nothing actually, happens in the lighthouse. Literally and nothing. And, and it, that's great. Yeah. Same but with Once Upon a Time. Yeah, once, yeah nothing happened. But yeah, it's once like again, about Once Upon a Time. The Last Jedi, though. What the fuck are you talking about? Nothing happens in Only the Last Jedi. Only at the end. Oh, yeah, sorry. No, I I, I, no, I said, I said Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and because those movies are structured the same, my mind went to Once Upon a Time West, but I completely did not mean to say that, because that movie has a lot going on. Okay, so... Quite a bit happens. The thing is, like, Snoke's death is essential. Like, okay preamble um the last jedi is definitely more of a character driven movie than it is a plot driven movie yes. and for that reason by the end of the movie most changes that occur are character changes snoke's death is very <laughs> that was me in the theater watching last yeah <laughs> dude my, my theater was like applauding like crazy yeah, by the end too. of it but yeah regardless wasn't. regardless um i watched this movie in russia people there have no taste just like me um, you are miserable because the vodka has burnt off your taste buds. I, I wasn't talking about that taste, but you're not wrong. Um, so, Snoke's death is essential to establish Kylo Ren into the irredeemable antagonist that he is supposed to be in the last movie. Thank you, Rise of Skywalker. Wasn't he already an irredeemable? No, he was not. The Force Awakens as a whole was he about kills Han Solo. Okay, he tortures after, after the Force Awakens, every other theory I mean, about the, blows up seven no, no, planets. Hold you up. Could, you could every Darth other Vader theory after the Force Awakens was about Kylo Ren redeeming himself. Kylo Ren was set on a path where he didn't redeem himself in the moment with his father, but he very much could still redeem himself. This movie, it made the statement that like. Snoke is gone, Snoke's influence is gone, Kylo Ren rejected all of the teachings that were above him, he's forging his own path, and he's just evil himself, too. Well, I mean, that's... That's granted, the point I don't made. think Episode 7 did it well, but I think Episode 7 was supposed to be that exact it thing. It did not say that at all. No, it was very much about him being kind of struggling between light and dark and then eventually well, no, choosing, and then choosing and embracing the dark. No, he never like that's the thing. By the end he loses to Ray. He never embraces the well, darkness. Well, he loses to No, he embraces the darkness when he kills Han Solo. Well, that's no. the whole point of no, that. He kills no, Han Solo, no. he can't let go of the darkness, but he's still on the fence. Like no, I, I agree. The, I think when he when he does that it definitely like haunts him going forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even in the last Jedi, it's, it's not like, like he, he can't kill like, Leia, for example. It's, it's, it's not it's not like he kills Han and then he's like Yes, this feels right. This is everything well, yeah, I ever no, wanted. Literally, know. in the Last Jedi, Snoke is like, yeah, and the action of killing Han Solo has split you. Yeah, like 
you are so okay, well, conflicted once again, right that, now. That's also kind of changing. That's the, that was actually fairly consistent with the Well, no, I'm saying that's taking something from episode 8 and saying it's for episode 7. But episode well, 7 is said, which still, said before, which which is still fairly consistent with what episode 7 was going for. E so it's episodes, not episode 7, I think, makes it a pretty clear thing. He kills Han Solo, and yes, he feels bad about it. He hasn't chosen the darkness over the light. He is still conflicted. I don't know. He still seems to be blowing up planets and torturing people and killing his father. He does that even before kill he kills his father. The Jedi. Like, yeah, I All think of those it, things he did even before he killed his father and he was conflicted back then, he was conflicted after it as well. Okay. Um, it's kind of just like the emo kid who's like doing a bunch of emo things as like an outlet. Oh okay, dude, God. I mean, Darth Vader <laughs> did. Darth Vader in the original trilogy was far worse than Kylo Ren in Episode 7. And nobody asked the question when he was redeemed in Episode 6. Kylo Ren didn't do well, that much bad it, stuff. It, it, and you're already yeah. saying he's irredeemable it, well, no, by it, the end it, of Episode 7. Isn't kind seven. of the point of Star Wars also supposed to be that no one is irredeemable? Isn't that kind of well? Important? Yeah, and Ryan Johnson was trying to do something new. Well, okay, but which didn't conflict with Episode Seven no, once again. No, but well, more what because I'm I think JJ was actually going for Kylo Ren even after this was still going to be redeemed. Mm -hmm. Apparently, well, he did that he in did. Episode yeah. Nine. <laughs> evidently, That's he was very then. strongly into that theory. Um, but yeah. Yeah, and on on that note, do you guys want to yeah have our final um, thoughts and just go into yes that sounds like a good we have twenty minutes. I think yeah, yeah, I think I've made my points. Uh, you guys. Refuted them. I, I mean, you haven't convinced me. You may have convinced the listeners. Uh, we'll see. That's a very. Okay. I think we're fair more concerned about convincing the listeners than each other. So. Yeah, fair. Yeah. <laughs> All right. No, yeah. Alex is irredeemable. You can't convince him. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Just like Kylo Ren. The. We could be something different. Rise of Skywalker. Fuck. Okay, so we've had. Um, so the incredible. Shit, the shit leaks. Okay, so we've had, uh, before we started the the podcast, we agreed on kind of like a game slash challenge thing, oh, yeah, where yeah. every one of us comes up with one change it for the movie that would, like, do the most good for it, as in, mm -hmm. like, change it for the better the most. I have been changed for But good. before we do that, let's do the intro statements. <laughs> Alrighty. Alright, go. So I loved it. I thought it was just <laughs> okay. No, um, to give it to to explain how I felt, the movie ended. I checked my phone and I saw a text from Andrew, saying, "So what did you think?" And immediately afterward, I called him and like it, it sounded almost like it sounded like one of those like depression vlogs. Where like the person said to the camera, like, "Yeah." It was very much a case of like I I need I needed to. Uh, I needed to talk to someone. Yes. And we talked for a few hours. Two and a half hours to be exact. At one in the morning. Yeah. And <laughs> that's how much we needed to lean on each other after this <sighs> god awful piece of shit movie. My brother leaned over to me forty minutes in. He's like, So this hasn't been good so far, but is it just me or is it getting worse? And I was like, You're completely right. <laughs> I I will say the for me it was the it started with the opening crawl and I saw the dead speak the dead speak I I'm laughed like, blowing okay where's this going and then I read Emperor Palpatine has sent out a message to the galaxy and I went huh I literally audibly went yeah. what and my friend next to me went yeah and it just proceeded from there 
and literally the people on either side of me fell asleep and were snoring through the movie. <laughs> and a, a good summary of the movie is at the end of it, uh, the theater was in dead silence, and you hear someone go, try and start an applause, met with nothing, just glares, and then immediately after those two, done. Oh, there was, oh yeah, at the end of the movie, when it was like wrapping up and Ray's walking into the sun, I saw like four people off to yeah. the left, like, get up and start just leaving, because like, yeah. they're like, yeah, the movie's wrapping up. Time. No one was like, waiting, and like, you know. Yeah. And then I, I think back on the audiences of when I saw Force Awakens and Last Jedi, and just like, the... Like when the da 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 da, da mm -hmm. that part starts, everyone's just cheering yeah. and applauding. Last Even if Jedi, I hated the movie, they were going, woo! And I'm like, like okay, I'll join in. was hyped. And then the ninth one starts. This was opening night, and no <laughs> one cared. Yeah. Not a single um, person. I have to say, when I was in the theater watching this, like, watching The Force Awakens, there, like, the, the audience reactions were mixed. Mm -hmm. Watching The Last Jedi, everybody in my theater absolutely like loved it. They were cheering everywhere. They should have been cheering, like all that. People cheered a yeah. lot in Last Jedi, and especially watching... when they freed the horses. Not the... Yeah, everybody was so. Oh, woo! <laughs> Fuck the kids! <laughs> <laughs> and I was it's in the audience. Sticking to those good Russian values. <laughs> and I was in Oleg's audience with the Get in those labor camps. Classic. Horses are a resource. Humans are expendable. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually the tagline of the movie. <laughs> Ship them to the gulags! <laughs> but, but yeah, in watching The Rise of Skywalker, by the end of it, people were like laughing more than at a comedy. Like, the kiss at the end, the whole theater just went. Ah! See, my, my theater. I heard some groans, and yeah, one no. person go. Woo! <laughs> no, my, my theater was dead Go silent except for people going, oh. Yeah. Like groans of pain, of agony. Yeah. Go, oh. I'm going to straight up forego my interest statement because, like, I really just don't like this movie. <laughs> it and goes without saying. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I got nothing to say. I, I fucking hate this. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It made the, I, I the, the Revenge of the Sith look like a very good movie. <laughs> well, I this mean, is, I think by, we, can, yeah. we can agree on this. Um, I think this is the worst concluding chapter to any of the trilogies. I think it is the worst chapter to any of the trilogies. I still think, like, Attack of the Clones is, like, worse. And Phantom Menace. Possibly, uh, because those were boring. Yeah, That's you true. know, it's like that both movies have pretty much no writing, yeah. but Rise of Skywalker, at least, is technically yeah. decent in I, some I think there is actually yeah. direction. In, in <laughs> fairness to Rise of Skywalker, I remember each scene in vivid, excruciating <laughs> detail, almost as if in a PTSD flashback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but okay, Attack of the Clones yeah. is a dinosaur of its own, which we're not yeah. going to fucking Andrew's interest statement. My interest, okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to forego my interest statement um, in favor of describing an, an experience I had. It's during the <laughs> scene the where... One. Yeah, so I saw it, um, one of my best friends. Um, she's not big into movies, but we sat, and um, there was a scene where Ray lands and is having a conversation with Luke, and Luke starts to blatantly fan service raise the x-wing out of the water <laughs> and my jaw like dropped in like shock at how horrible this whole scene was and she looked at me and started laughing hysterically <laughs> and then i started laughing hysterically and then it just spread from us in the middle of the theater until the entire theater was laughing at what was going on on screen. And it, that was easily yeah. the best part of the film. I, I described, after seeing the movie, I, I sent a text to, to Einish and Oleg. Oh, yeah. Um, saying, 
Ah, I think they should have named this movie Episode 9, JJ Responds to Reddit. <laughs> because it felt like 90% it of the scenes... It is Reddit, the movie. Yeah. Were put in. It said written and directed by J.J. Abrams. I think they just had a typo. It should have been Reddit. Yeah, be, like written by Reddit. The odds were a million to one on the holdover maneuver, and they're like, oh, "Okay, a Jedi. You should treat a Jedi's weapon with more respect." Giving the helmet yeah. back, everything, Raylo. Yeah, no, that was so silly. So he, he patches his helmet back together. Just to never fucking wear it again. But we gotta <laughs> he sell wears it for two scenes. Yeah, we gotta sell the fucking toys. And ev- everybody going, wait, so they got rid of uh, of Snoke, so he's not gonna be the next Palpatine. And JJ goes, oh, they want a new Palpatine. Yeah. Or, and, and the criticism of, oh, they just keep doing the Death Star over again. And he says, fine, I won't do a Death Star. <laughs> I'll do several. I'll do a Death Planet. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll do Death oh, Ships. That was just another one. I should do Death Ships. I'll do ships. a slightly death less ships. impressing Death Ship. Planet of Death you know, Ships. They are called Star Destroyers. It's, a, it's a real shame. The stars. It's a real shame that they never gave the Star Destroyers windows or else they would be able to know which way was up. That was, that was why they said they couldn't maneuver off the planet because they didn't know which way was up. I'll give you a hint. Glass of water. Go. <laughs> Wait, actually, that's the reason? Yeah. That, they said that's why they need the radar dish. Oh, yeah, at this point, I was, at this point I was rubbing the sides up. of my head, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> they, that's, which, by the way, if they can switch that radar thing to any of the sh- starships, why not just have all of the starships transmitting that signal that so is, that yeah. if one of them goes down, it'd be like, well, luckily, we've got the rest of the fucking fleet. The, um, oh. Why the, did they build them underground to rise them through the crust? Surely that would do. Why not just build them on the surface? Because the planet you need a fucking special holocron tracker to find it anyway. Because it I looked am. fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, why, why did he raise them with the force? <laughs> also, how did he build these? How, I don't. I don't know if this is a nitpick or not. But how did he build these? How did he survive? There's so much wrong with this movie. The Death Troopers. Who were the Death Troopers? Who were the Sith? Who were the Sith that were in that stadium? <laughs> You're just there clapping! Look, it's to fill in for the audience who he knew wouldn't. The first order and the last. I am every voice that's been in your head. I feel like I'm hearing his I voices in my head. Voice. That was a cool idea. Was <laughs> it's a cool in idea executed like someone throat. shitting down your throat. No, the um That's why they put it in the TV spot, because it was actually a in the TV spot. scene on its own. I remember yeah. he texted Oleg texted me and he was like, This is kind of actually a cool idea. You know what's a real shame though? Is that no, I was uh, confused about Snoke, but then they were like, Oh no, Palpatine literally fucking grew Snoke in a bottle, yeah. so since the force goes can now come up whenever they want Palpatine and can is a, uh, interact with the world. Make pickles it, it's a real shame <laughs> that it's a real shame that Force Ghost Anakin never came up and said, "Hey, by the way, Palpatine's alive." In the fifty years since the last one, he, he did. He forgot to mention. I love how. Oh um, yeah, yeah. By the way, there's a whole Sith planet. I and the Emperor's got a special room in his throne room that has a secret holocron that leads to his secret base. All right. So I've all the, it, there's so many yeah there's so many things in the EU. Just awful. like last point on this, there's so many things in the EU that they could have gone with, and they chose Emperor Palpatine survived and made an entire planet of himself. Well, that is the EU. Let, you let's go not with. forget uh, what, what's her name. Uh, what. What's your Kathleen Kennedy? Let's yeah. not forget Kathleen Sorry, Kennedy Kathleen. saying it. Uh, you're Star Wars. You're me a little on the when confused. they said 
Ka- Kathleen Kennedy goes, well, guys, you have to remember, this is why Star Wars isn't doing as well as Marvel. It's because Marvel has a lot of source material to draw on, whereas Star Wars has nothing. Yeah, that's cool. We're yeah. completely on our own here. <laughs> They're on, they're on something. <laughs> yeah, that's not a low. Hey, 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 they use the EU. They need toilet paper. And I, I will say, I, I do, I do, I do have this criticism. The criticism of the movie too. It's going to be unpopular, but I just found, I just found, uh, I found Leia's performance to just be so lifeless. Uh, you it, said you were going to say that. <laughs> no, that's not even funny. Uh, maybe a little bit, but yeah, I guess it, I, I felt like a chuckle, like very deep in my diaphragm. Okay, actually, because of yeah. time reasons, I think we're very much done with intro statements. Yeah. Let's just head into the challenge. Then. Yeah, one, two, I have, okay, I have three things I just want to say. It has to be like, going, you can voice short. them, but like your well, like at first, just you can you can you can say what you else what you think also needs. No, he's not allowed. But for now, just like one change yeah. to change the most change? in the movie. Okay, just, fine. I'll, okay, for um, fun's sake. I honestly think removing Palpatine would be my change, just because you don't have Palpatine, Kylo Ren will be the antagonist, Mm -hmm. and the ending will not just be a blatant ripoff of Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Because you could, you won't have Palpatine going, shooting lightning at all the ships. You don't have any of the. (laughs) You you remove Palpatine. That also means that that kind of like. Makes it so that Ray can't really be a Palpatine because I don't feel like they would out of nowhere just be like, oh yeah, you're a Palpatine without Palpatine being in the movie. So mm-hmm. I feel like yeah, removing Palpatine would be my big thing that would fix a couple major problems. So, okay, sure, I'll go. Um, okay, so I I, I did my best not to. I'm cheat. hoping ours aren't the same. No, my, mine is very close to what I just okay. did. Yeah. So I'm trying. I'm gonna try to not to cheat because mine kind of encompasses different changes. They do amount to sort of the same thing, but the way I looked at it was like, what are the most egregious things in the Rise of Skywalker? Like foregoing the movie structure and all that. It's uh, Kylo Ren's redemption, Palpatine's presence, and uh, Ray's parentage. Those three, and I was like. How could I like get the most out of this movie while keeping the story structure, while keeping the things that change in order, but try to tweak those three things the most? And I think the best way to do it is to, like, since you already have Palpatine in the movie and the whole plot structure is like already built around him, I think you can't not have him in the movie. I think he should be made a Sith holocron. And I will explain what exactly I mean by this. It is not going to be revealed to the audience. Well, would you have to get a dagger to find it? <laughs> no. I mean, technically, I guess yes, because I can only do one change. So, like... So can you add, like, a couple more daggers so they find a dagger to get to another <laughs> dagger to get to another? Yeah, no, by the way... My off, one change off, is you see child slaves yeah. in the Off topic, off topic. So the, the remains of the Death Star have been there for, like, 30 years. <laughs> well, luckily, it's never shifted. No, they have been there for 30 years, and in those 30 years... There is an ancient Sith artifact <laughs> that is supposed to show you a way through a ruin that's been there for like 35 also, years. What ruins? Did you not see episode six? <laughs> yeah, it exploded in space. Yeah. <laughs> did you not see episode six? What Palpatine? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the Death Star. How did Palpatine survive? I, I can better sur- expect Honestly, no, I pieces of the, the ship to quote, exist. Quote, quote, he survived. Quote, he survived. 
somehow. I'm gonna kill you. It was not. I have been dead before. It was literally a meme because it was like the dark side of the force is a pathway many believe blah 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 unnatural, and I'm like. This they is used, a meme! This they is used what, a meme is, from the prequel. This yes. would be on r slash sequel memes. Yeah. <laughs> this is not supposed to be in my Star Wars Okay, movie. so yeah, back to it. Um, yeah. I think Palpatine, in, in, in my version, oh. should be a Sith holocron where since the Resistance is fighting against him, the audience and the good guys are not going to actually know that he is a Sith holocron, and it's when Rey finally makes it there she can learn and it was all a ruse and it is actually Kylo Ren who's going to be the antagonist of the movie because at that point you got to have something. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ray's parentage at this point, because like I already used the change, will have to stay the same. But at the same time, I think it's going to work mm-hmm. much better if Palpatine himself is not in the movie and mm-hmm. it's just something at the end she has finally, like, it's a final, like, nail in the coffin before the final confrontation with Kylo Ren where her, like, values and her allegiance to the light side will finally be tested. It, the, the strange thing, too, is that they already had something in canon, unfortunately, from the new Battlefront 2. Uh, <laughs> oh, the unfortunately, Operation but it worked. Sin- yeah, Operation Cinder or whatever, it, where it's the, the red dudes where they have basically recorded... Sith Troopers. No, 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 no. There's, like, floating red no, dudes. No, no, not those ones. It's, no. it, it's got, like, Palpatine's personality and image, like, scanned into it somehow. Are you talking about... Is it, like, Winter Soldier with the German dude? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I am Dr. Zola. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but I mean, that is Palpatine. I, I wanted to make him a holocron because the idea of, of a Palpatine Dr. Zola yeah. is kind of weird with yeah. holocron, but like his spirit and his voice, yeah. like his dark side essence is kind of more they kind magical. Of well, I think it would have been interesting more to make it him not even have a full presence of like dark side force powers, even. Like, like you were saying with the holocron is. To have him just be the mind of Palpatine trying to well, I would things. if I were like once again if I made that piece of shit movie and I wrote it you like, commit seppuku yeah <laughs> after that I would but like so the movie the movie is just like it was except for the change that I made I would say like I would just make it so like Palpatine is like a holocron with this like dark side essence inside this planet there's already like a dark side kind of like mm. nexus so like. It would not. It. I would definitely make it so that like it would be felt, and the final confrontation would not include Palpatine. I would just use it as a red herring to throw the audience off also, until the end, because I like Ryan Johnson's methods, JJ. Also, I have to say, like for a trilogy that has some pretty solid production design, set design, and stuff like that, the Sith planet just sucks. Oh God, it's it so is grabbing. Yeah, on you already ah. have a Sith planet that is called Korriban. Why the fuck do you need Exegol? Mustafar or something. I don't know. Oh yeah, that, that planet in the opening is Mustafar. Oh god. It, how did they make it look uninteresting? No, I'm aware, but how did they make it look so Actually, that, that was one of the few cool looking planets. I, I, I just like Kylo Ren slicing. Just put off. a red filter on it. Like, you know, it at least looked kind of cool it. in slow yeah. motion. Okay, like, let's... Yeah. Uh, we have Andrew, two more people who have shit to oh, say. Mine? Okay. Did you make yours? Or? Not yet. Okay, yeah. I think he wants to go last. That's good. Make Forbes the main... Yeah, so my, I think the one change that I'd make, and I look at films a lot more technically than a lot of people, so the one change that I would make is just make it fucking longer. 
Um, this is one of the. Uh, I don't think is, that's a problem I have. No, see, here. <laughs> I was begging you for it to end. Uh, let, I, let him I, speak. I was too, but let me explain. <laughs> this is one of the worst edited films I have ever seen. Yes. Um, the editing's horrible. The pacing. The, the pacing is the pacing is like not that consistent, but it's way too frenetic and it's way too fast. You have shots where it's like rays, like starting to stand up and then they just do a hard cut and she's like running in a completely different location and it's like I don't need to watch someone stand up all the way but I at least need some coherence here and I really think that like just make making the movie longer making the shots a little bit longer not cutting so frenetically pacing it better would all just it would just make the film a lot smoother a lot easier Digest. I mean, clearly the idea was to drown the audience in spectacle so they didn't notice what was wrong. That worked mm -hmm. for some people. It worked for my housemate very well. Um, who later, <laughs> who, who, who two or three weeks later, I actually, he did change his views on that. Um, I'm so sorry. This, this feels like after, just ripping into a person. Yeah, after a few hours yeah. of waterboarding, he eventually came around to see the correct way of life. Yeah. Well, that that cinematic would, waterboarding is the best. Way after to some indoctrination, yeah. yeah, I mean, that, so that that would be my. How many change. fingers just, am I holding up? Just Four, five. Sure. <laughs> there is no spoon. Uh, but uh. actually, interesting point on that. Apparently, JJ had edited it with an extra thirty minutes in it, and then before it got released in theaters, Disney went in and cut all of his stuff out. Yeah. Oh, it works yeah, so well no. for Justice League. <laughs> I mean, granted, I don't think the Snyder Cut, if it ever does come out, is going to make it a good movie. Oh, it'll be more and coherent. I don't think 30, movie, uh, 30 minutes would have saved this movie. Um, it would have made it but taste a he, I heard he does try to at least explain why Palpatine exists still. But Yeah, and they they, they added more. And yeah. I, I mean, my, my big thing is that like it just feels like it was hash to hash, mm -hmm. which makes sense because they cut three weeks out of the post-production. Or yeah. three three months out of post-production, yeah. which is way too At much At the time. same time, like they did have test screenings, so I'm guessing the stuff that they did cut, they also cut for I heard the test screenings yeah. were like fake. I, I I heard all of them. That I heard that people got up and walked out of test. I heard that was. I heard it was all fake though. Like it was false. It's possible. Info. Like, I, I mean, mean, I I would believe it after seeing okay, the movie. Alex, like, what did okay. you want to change? My change is, uh, it doesn't. I I think it helps resolve the entire trilogy, as a change, and the change is in that scene where Palpatine is torturing everybody with the Force lightning up in the sky, which is fucking ridiculous and awful um and he says if to ray if you don't join the dark side i uh, i'm going to kill all of your friends if she says if her flaw of being too caring and too like naive and trusting comes in and she says okay fine i'll join you just don't hurt my friends and then she becomes she is set up as the bad guy for another trilogy so, because, and that saves things, because she's been developed thus far as a super, like, as a completely unbeatable person. She is the strongest force user we've ever seen. She is the strongest uh, fighter we've ever seen. Well, not, maybe not, but we, we see her as, like, super strong pilot. I, mean, I do want to say, everything. like, Luke Skywalker basically schooled her in, in combat. Yeah, but... Yeah, so that she, like, surprisingly pulled a lightsaber in a yeah, stick fight. Fair, but all, all, all of her... That's a thing, rock, paper, scissors, gun. Th that is the only fight we've ever seen her lose. That is a fair point. Um, and she is the strongest Force user at all that we've ever seen. In oh, because she's a Palpatine, so... But, the, I mean, with... Aside from Palpatine, maybe episode at the end. nine, yeah. yeah, except for with 
Palpatine does yeah. in also episode but she's li- she's in literally episode nine where it's like what she's the? literally flying in episode nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's um, some Avatar: The Last Airbender so, like finale shit. But uh, but like, that solves her oh. being I think her being a Mary Sue, uh, throughout the whole thing is if her if her Mary oh she is she is a Mary Sue she never loses a fight. Aside from once with Luke mm. during a training sequence to prove... No, she's training. Um, and she has no character faults that we can see. So it saves, saves her from being a total Mary Sue by making her character fault, quote-unquote, of being too caring, uh, be used against her and eventually turn her to the dark side. And it makes use of her being made unbeatable thus far. Because if she is now the villain and she's been established as unbeatable... Then you have another hero come in and have to beat an unbeatable villain. Okay, I have an issue with this in the sense that, like... I think that might actually be worse than the cut we got. Okay, I'm not, not going to say that. My issue <laughs> is more, like, so if if Ray does that, and, like, yep. we do have... Because, like, if we don't have another trilogy, mm-hmm. it's just kind of like a what-the-fuck ending. Like Fair. Uh, fair. Without the context of another trilogy, it's horrible. Yeah, yeah, without if, the context. Yeah, if there is another trilogy, I can understand, but at the same time, like... Or even another what movie. What would keep Rey... Like, like, how can you, like, make... Like, a dark... Going to the dark side is a, is kind of like an ideological commitment. Yes. Like, if she's, like... Like, if she killed Palpatine and in rage, like, kind of, un, like, unwillingly embraced those ideals, sure. Mm-hmm. But, like, if she's just, like... Yeah, fine, sure, I'll go to the dark side. How is that going to... Like, she's, that's not yeah. going to make her evil. Well, no, How is so... How going to work? I, and I think that makes it more interesting of if she's not entirely evil, uh, but... Like, she's she, not even going to need redemption. It's, so, like, it's exactly. not even when somebody needs to go when, and when say... You have, like, when, basically, if you have them set up as... It just makes no sense. No, no, though. but here, so it's, it's a villain in which they're begrudgingly a villain. It's the idea of Thanos... He's not doing. He's not killing off half the planet because he's evil. He's killing off, or half the universe because he's evil. He's killing off half the universe because he sees it as the only way to save the universe. But Palpatine. So like, what so, would she so do? Rey, would she just so make an empire? Or essentially, Ray takes up the position that uh, Kylo was in, and Kylo takes up the position Ray was in. They switch roles essentially, and so you've seen you you've seen someone who who has to now redeem themselves in the eyes of everyone. You have someone who has already been beaten several times by the villain, and so he now has. To, I mean, you could just add on one more movie with that. You don't need another trilogy even. You can just and you can. You you can do so much with that. You can have so many interesting character dynamics of having. Ray be evil, but not really evil so much as she's there and helping the dark side of the force because she has to to save her friends. Yeah, but but like later, what I'm saying is like it's the same thing that if after this battle, Anakin fell. If after yeah. this battle, like the battle's over, mm, Anakin the, fell because he had like serious he, he actually, problems. He actually fell to the dark side. Well, uh, well it, okay, no, yeah. regardless, regardless, like okay, she she she, she agrees to mm-hmm. to be on the dark side with Palpatine. Her her friends escape. They're not mm-hmm. there in the moment anymore. She, why does she have to still be doing this? The knowledge that at any point Palpatine can use one of his uh, planet destroying weapons on. But isn't she like? Isn't her role going to be literally using those herself? Um, perhaps against other people, but I I think it's more using her as a pawn and like 
uh, Palpatine really idiotically says, basically setting her up, ah, God, I hate it, to be like his new body. If, if he's basically grooming her to be a new vessel for him, like, I mean, okay, the, the body has, has to grow accustomed to the It has potential. I'm not saying it's a, a flawless concept. No, it, it has potential. I, I'm, I'm saying it, and it very much is dependent on another movie and that movie being good and delivering on it. Um, so if it was another movie by J.J., it would shit the bed and make it even worse. But I, I think it sets it up in a way that you can salvage the rest of the horrible shit that's been in the, in the trilogy so far. And that, that was my goal, was to save uh, that key flaw to the series, which is that Ray has been a complete Mary Sue. Yeah, okay. Every one of them, you just... <laughs> I think she is a Mary Sue. Yeah. I think that. Um, I'm I, also sure. think it's, I also think it's an interesting idea, personally. Like, I don't think it... I, I, I think I like it more than Oleg and I just do. I think the problem really is the idea right. that you do, I mean, because that is in the classic yeah. Star Wars tradition of like George Lucas always wanted the protagonist yeah. to become the antagonist. It's like that was poetry. All, it that's always what he wanted. So it would it would be kind of <laughs> nice to see it come to fruition. Mm-hmm. The problem here is the same problem that they had in the original trilogy is that it doesn't build up to it, and also right. the fact that um, I would not like I don't think I'll ever again trust Disney to deliver no. on a Star Wars movie. Yeah. So. Maybe a spinoff. Unless Taika Waititi can join. A spinoff spin- 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 could be fine, but yeah. a, a continuation of the Skywalker saga, no. I, I hear they're going to it. But they should let it rest, just focus on like TV shows, spinoffs. If yeah. I heard, there was, that's I the heard they were thinking of like almost retconning this trilogy, is what I heard. Well, I, I don't think they'll go that far. No, there are a lot of people who, like, maybe not The Rise of Skywalker, but there are going to be a lot of people who are going to be upset over that, too. Like, they should just fucking leave it. I think they're just going to... Let it be there, and she and they will never reference it again. They might set stuff far in the future. They might set stuff far in the past, but they will never again reference the events of. I would be cool with it. I'm more of that because Mandalorian's been pretty fun. It's the correct Um, way to handle it. Mandalorian's fine. Dialogue sucks, but yeah, I don't think so far. I don't think it's great. It's not good, but I mean, I mean, no, it's good. I mean, okay, we've only seen three episodes. It's not great. It's oh, decent, the last episode. It's decent yeah, that, and that watchable. That one was not that good. I don't want to remember. Yeah, no. The one directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. <laughs> yeah, that was awful. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, um, Oscars are tonight at the time of the filming. By the way, you should subscribe to our channel because the next podcast that's going to come out in two weeks is yes. going to be about the Oscars, which yes. are happening tonight. At the time of filming. <laughs> not the time of release because it's probably yeah, a week after we'll yeah. um, but You heard it here, folks. I think 1917 is going to win. I, I think don't think it I, I do. I, I, do I think so, too. I, yeah. I think that Best Picture is going to be The Irishman. I don't... Oh, that's... Yeah, that's... I would... Like... It's Netflix. Okay, actually... Let <laughs> yeah, me, that's let why me, I don't think it let is. Let me say it's like Netflix. that. If you're asking me which of the movies I want to win Best Picture, mm-hmm. it's The Lighthouse. If you ask me which movie <laughs> in the Best Picture lineup I want to win, I would say 1917 by a small margin. If you ask me what I think is going to win, it's The Irishman. So... The Irishman. I yeah. think it'll be 1917. It's got a lot of momentum. Sam Mendes has won Best Picture before for has American he? Beauty in 1999. Oh, wait, that was him? Yes. Yeah. And so, it's his oh, best movie. I mean, well, no, I love American The Academy Beauty. loves rewarding themselves. They love rewarding technical feats. If nothing else, I think he's a good chance for Best Director. We've seen time and time again this decade. I think Tarantino well, we, might get We've it. seen time and time mm-hmm. again it going to people like Alejandro González Iñárritu, and we've seen it going to... Um, That's a mouthful. Yeah, we've seen it going to Ang Lee for Life of Pi, Alfonso Cuaron for Gravity. 
I mean, you're seeing. You see, you're seeing a go to movies that are technical feats, so I think, mm-hmm. if nothing else, he's got a really good shot at his well, best director. Well, it's an amazing movie. Um, I think with, 1917 is guaranteed to get I, yeah. the cinematography. I, oh, yeah, that, oh, that was easy. <laughs> that is a given. That's, Which is yeah, the only it, it category have been, the White House it should have been White. in. Wait, yeah. was it? Actually? Yeah, it was the yeah, White House. The only category okay. the White House is in is best cinematography. I, it, should, it should get that. Those people are really the people who nominate best cinematography are the ones who like consistently impress me. Like last yeah. year, were there two or three foreign language films nominated for best cinematography? I think like, there were three. I think there were three. Yeah, like, like, I don't know. Best cinematography, like the, those people, like really like, do a good job. Meanwhile, meanwhile, sound mixing and sound editing just doesn't know what the hell the difference is. There's like I know what the difference is. Yeah, there's like. I feel, like, I feel like I appreciate the difference between sound editing like, and sound mixing they, more they than don't the Academy. Know it. They don't know it because they just give it to the same film when there is a difference between how you mix a movie and edit it. Yes, exactly. JJ's like, oh, so wait, sound mixing, that's like when I put all the sounds of the movie into a blender and then I press mix. <laughs> that's pretty right? much what it was. It was bad. And <laughs> Which is weird. I want to avoid... The sound was really good in episode seven and eight. All right, like yeah. As, as set up for next yeah. time, also hit us up with um your favorite movie of the year. Just one. Yeah. Point. I yeah. also um one important thing is, Chewie finally got his medal. Fuck uh, Let's do the Oscars. Finally. Let's do the Oscars. <laughs> yeah. My my Oscar pick is nineteen seventeen, and like, I think it should win. Okay. Uh, Anish. Um, we, you said 1917 for the win. Who deserves it? I think Parasite deserves it easily out of this lineup. Okay. I'm with Einish. Absolutely, Parasite. Okay. Um, but I, I think 19, yet, yeah. I think 1917 will probably. Win. I, I will yeah. before the next podcast, but I haven't seen Parasite yet. I think yeah, uh, the Lighthouse, 1917, The Irishman. Here we go. Okay. All right. Cool.